Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, wherever it is you may be. From the Tahitian and Hawaiian Islands in the West all the way back east to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south well into hammock country in South America, north to the pole, this is Coast to Coast AM. Hi, everybody. It is Good Friday. Now, see, would the Antichrist point that out? No. Good Friday. Easter is coming Sunday. The weekend is here. It's going to be a lot of open line talk radio all night long. There's somebody I've got to thank out there. You know, I recommended to you about about a week ago uh, the movie Seven. With a little asterisk warning, yes, it's a rough and tumble movie, so you be warned. But such acting, such production. Oof. Got a call from uh, Mark Sundrak at uh, Gateway Productions. Thank you, Mark. Mark sent me an original script to the movie 7, the actual script, script form, used. And um, so thank you, Mark. Uh, it's a great honor to have it. I don't know how I'm going. I'm going to mount it or frame it or something. Not exactly sure what I'm going to do with it, but I'm very honored. That was a, an incredible, absolutely an incredible motion picture. If you get a chance to go out and rent it, or maybe you already have, based on what I said last week, I'd be interested in your reaction. Gratuitous violence? I don't think so. A, uh, a whale of a story, to be sure. One of the most tense, um, fun, well, you know, I say fun from a sort of a... I actually had to stop that movie about three times and just sort of relax for a few minutes and <laughs> get it back together again and go back to watching it. Uh, so thank you, Mark. Uh, the Unabomber. Theodore Kaczynski is now in a Helena, Montana jail. The FBI going very carefully, bit by bit, through his small cabin and his whole past. He waived hearings that would have put everything on a fast track. And so uh, it looks like it'll be a while before we see him in front of a grand jury. Allegedly, he killed and evaded capture for 17 years, a math professor turned recluse. They're looking very carefully at hotel records. It seems on 25 occasions since uh, 1982, he went to a Helena hotel. On many occasions, right after the stay, they're able to document bombs exploded, killing or maiming people. The postmarks on the bombs were never from Montana, but from various places, usually California. He bought obscure books and read them while he was there. But the big break of the day appears to be one of the manual typewriters at that little cabin, according to the FBI, would appear to be a match for the one used to type his manifesto. There was a $1 million reward for his capture. No word on whether it's going to go to the family. And, again, the reason I am now and have always been interested in the Unabomber is his message. I read the manifesto. Did you? 
He rages against modern technology, the very kind of things that I'm using uh, here. And I have questions. We talked about this yesterday, about technology. And I wonder if it's moving just a bit faster than society's ability to assimilate it. Anyway, with what we know of the Unabomber, he lived the life he preached. Little cabin, broken down bicycle, no plumbing, no electricity, an outhouse, a very austere life indeed. So there you've got it. I don't know that he had it all wrong about technology. He certainly didn't have it all right either. And the manner of the message, no matter the argument, was, of course, wrong. Still looking at the plane crash in Dubrovnik, it looks simply like a wrong turn on approach in bad weather. Uh, you're supposed to go to right, I guess, in bad weather. If you cannot see the airport, he went left, which took him into a mountain. And hence the loss. Our president in Oklahoma City, marking uh, not quite the day, but uh, observing the day ahead of time, because on April 19th, our president is going to be in Russia. So he went to Oklahoma City, where people are still trying to recover from the bomb, visited uh, relatives and survivors. And this is, of course, that terrible month. And just about every year, something awful happens in April. Do you expect it this year? Do you think something awful is going to happen this year? And then, um, although I, I'm not getting it, I am going to deal with it. Art, please do yourself a favor. Set your VCR to tape the replay of Larry King at 11 o'clock tonight. No, you don't usually watch him. But you'll really enjoy tonight's surprise interview with Marlon Brando. Brando actually asked for the interview himself so he could comment on the Riverside police beating incident and violence in general. He was usually a very unusually passionate has invited the woman who was beaten to come live in his home with her husband and children. He also, get this now, he also urged research into genetic engineering in order to remove violence from the human species. Wow! Research into genetic engineering in order to remove violence from the human species. Now, isn't that interesting? Do you think we should, if we could? Now, throughout, I guess, man's existence, we have tried various methods of modifying man. We have drilled holes into the brain. We've done lobotomies leaving people sort of former shadows of themselves. But the real key, Brando's right about that, probably lies in genetics, wouldn't you think? But the question is, if you remove 
Well, that, that is a good question. You tell me, what do you think would happen if somehow, genetically, we actually managed to remove man's violent nature? Now, my bet is that a lot more would go with it. In other words, what would be left of man with his violent nature gone might be very, very different. We, uh, we, we, we might all be walking around holding hands, giving each other flowers, sort of staring blankly past each other most times with a big, dumb smile on our faces. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, what do you think? Uh, first of all, do you think it is a good idea to endeavor to pursue such research? And if we did find the key, would you go for it? I know a lot of angry people, people with flash tempers. Well, we could just take the edge right off them, couldn't we? So anyway, Marlon Brando wants research into all of that. Senate Republican Leader Dole um, Friday urged the Senate to probe the news report that President Clinton approved covert Iranian arms shipments to Bosnia in 1994 despite a U.S. arms embargo. Uh, Dole said the reports raised doubts about whether laws were broken and a covert operation was conducted. So there you are. That report began uh, breaking last night. Key defense uh, prosecution witness in the Whitewater-related trial down in Little Rock admitted on the stand Friday he consulted with both a white supremacist and an organization that opposed Bill Clinton's presidential run before making allegations against Clinton. A 72-year-old Nobel Prize winner was charged Friday with sexually abusing a 15-year-old boy that he brought to the U.S. from Micronesia. Daniel Carlton Gajudisk, I believe it is, was arrested in Maryland after an investigation begun by the FBI last year into his relationship with children that he brought to the U.S. from the Pacific Ocean Island group. Incredible. Just incredible. The free men, no resolution. Second day of negotiating. Everybody tight-lipped. No word on what was said. Doesn't have to end badly, so we'll hope that one comes to some sort of resolution. And again, an interesting story. X-rays were detected from Comet Hayukataki, I believe it is. Hayukataki, that's it. As it passed Earth, X-rays have never been detected from a comet or asteroid before. So this is something completely new. Art, I know you've got some technical background, so you probably also know it takes a damn energetic process, such as electrons slamming into a target at very high velocity, or nuclear process, to generate X-rays. Yes, I don't have the answer to that yet, and either I might add, do they. I now have for you 21 ways to cope with stress. Do you have stress? <laughs> I certainly do. And 
here they come. 21, make up a language and ask people for directions. <laughs> make up your own language, then go around and ask people for directions. Stare at people through the tines of a fork and pretend they're in jail. Write a short story using alphabet soup. Braid the hairs in each nostril. Start a rumor and see if you recognize it when it comes back to you. Read the dictionary upside down. Look for secret messages. Polish your car with earwax. Find out what a frog in a blender really looks like. Drive to work in reverse. Pay your electric bill in pennies. Go shopping. Buy everything. Sweat in it. Return the next day. Tattoo out to lunch on your forehead. Leaf through the National Geographic and draw underwear on the natives. Fill out your tax forms using Roman numerals. <laughs> Put your toddler's clothes on backwards and send them off to preschool as if nothing is wrong. Dance naked in front of your pets. <laughs> Make a list of things to do that you've already done. When someone says, have a nice day, tell them you have other plans. <laughs> Pop some popcorn without putting the lid on. Use your MasterCard to pay your Visa card and vice versa. And then finally... Jam miniature marshmallows up your nose and sneeze them out. See how many you can do at once. That's 21 ways to cope with stress, which Doc Berry down in Phoenix has. He points out the 1,500 pounds of fuel rods, we get a report every day from Doc on this, which were to be raised from their stuck position today, are again reported as still stuck. The alarms that sounded yesterday at unit number two of Palos Verdes nuclear plant were reported as being unrelated to the stuck fuel rod problem. On day 15 of this, quote, slight, end quote, problem, with, quote, no danger to the public, end quote, and alarm bells indicating only a minor electrical box fire in the control room, we can review the public relations assault, or we can view it as similar to Three Mile Island. Watch for glowing cats. Dock downwind in Phoenix. So who knows what the night tonight is going to bring. But in short order, we will find out. Here come the telephone numbers. If you are a first-time caller to the program, you can reach us at area code 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. The wildcard direct dial lines, area code 702-727-1295. 702-727-1295.
1295. West of the Rockies, 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, it's 1-800-825-5035. One eight hundred eight two five five zero three three. Now, the international uh, toll-free line is also open. So, no matter where you are in the world, in South America, Central America, Asia, Europe, whatever, you can call us completely toll-free. Now, here is how you do it: you go and uh, pick up the telephone and get the. AT&T USA Direct Access Number. When you have that in your hot little palm, you call it or get hold of the AT&T operator and simply dial 800-893-0903. That's 800-893-0903. And you know what we're going to do. And again, I want to thank AT&T. I mean, it was an astounding feat. There was no such thing. We thought there was. We went to them and said, hey, we would sure like to have an international toll-free line. And they said, well, we'll look into it. They came back and said, well, there is no such thing. Never has been. You might get it from one country, but there is no such thing as a toll-free line. And so they went to work. The biggest, the brightest, the best of their people uh, software, hardware, they did a tremendous amount of work and actually established the first international toll-free line ever done for anybody anywhere in the world. We've got it. Now, we figured out a way to make more use of it. tell you a little secret. We're working on shortwave. No surprise there, huh? Next logical evolution. But here's what we're talking about doing. I'll tell you a little about uh, about shortwave. Uh, there is domestic shortwave. Uh, there are several stations scattered throughout the U.S. that transmit on shortwave. But as a general rule, they run for shortwave what is relatively low power, 100,000 watts, 150,000, 250,000 maybe at the most. But in the world of shortwave, commercially, that's low power. And we think that we may have figured out a way to find a station that runs, say, a million watts. <laughs> now, when I come back from the break, I'll tell you all about that. But that is what we're working on. And wouldn't that make the international line all the more fun? Can you imagine that, uh, say, a million watts on shortwave? Let me tell you. That, uh, the hams will tell you, definitely gets out. You put about a million watts or several million on the air, 8 to 9 megahertz, and you're heard like a local worldwide. Having said that, I'll tell you all about it when we come back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. 
tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Yes, it is Friday night, Saturday morning. Anyway, to finish up on the short wave, I've been wanting to report this to you for a long time. And finally, uh, we're going to get around to getting serious about it. Uh, as I said, domestic U.S. short wave stations don't run a lot of power as power goes for short wave. Now... That the Eastern Communist bloc has broken up, as you're well aware. Uh, there are countries like Poland, Czechoslovakia, uh, East Germany, uh, some of the Russian republics that have extremely strong shortwave transmitters. Now, the only problem is they're out of range to pick up any of our domestic satellite signals. By the way, for those of you that have dishes, we are uh, we do have an analog feed up for dish people, which is on SATCOM F1, uh, SATCOM F1 transponder five, five point eight wideband audio. Just thought I'd drop that in for you, but there is no way to get the signal to the uh, uh, to the European continent. So what we're going to do, we think is to hopscotch over on a mid-Atlantic uh, satellite and deliver a signal to one of these gazillion-watt transmitters somewhere in Eastern Europe and go up on short wave with a very, very, very powerful signal. That is the tentative plan. Now, the specifics we don't have yet, but we're going to work on it very hard. And that should be a lot of fun. So I thought I would let you know about that and what our plans are. And those of you that are shortwave listeners uh, probably understand what I'm talking about. You may have some uh, particular recommendations of uh, stations that you think are most widely uh, heard. But that's planned. Pretty cool, huh? Anyway, uh, don't forget our international line, if you can hear us out there via the Internet. And, of course, uh, don't forget all those new photographs on my webpage, including that piece from Roswell. My webpage is www.artbell.com, www.artbell.com. And there you can also hear real audio via WPSL in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and the mighty WOAI in San Antonio, Texas. So if you're anywhere in the world listening to all of that, and you want to call us, again, your AT&T USA Direct number, followed by 800-893-0903. Pass that number around. 800-893-0903. Toll free. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Uh, I was just wondering what your opinion is on the uh, the uh, conditions up in Montana. Which conditions do you speak of? I, I am talking about the Unabomber and the uh, the uh, Aryan Nation. Or uh, no, no, Freemen. not the Aryan Nations. It's the Freemen. Well, mm. well, I kind well, of well. There's a difference. Yeah, but. Uh, not much. But my my question is, is do you think that the uh, Aryan or, or the Freeman will give up freely? Will give up freely? Yeah. Um, I don't have the slightest, uh, slightest idea, my friend. Thank you. Uh, do I know how it's going to resolve itself? No. You know what I think I would do if I were the Freeman? And I wanted to register a protest. I'd probably tell the FBI we will walk out April 19th. How about that? But more specifically, how many of you are concerned about April 19th? I thought I'd be the first one to ask. Do you expect something more? This year, April 19th, it's been a rough day since Waco. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. How you doing? Okay. I'm uh, calling from Colby, Kansas, and okay. uh, I'm listening on uh, out of Minneapolis. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, that's a great idea going on shortwave. I listen to uh, shortwave all the time. Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have any preferences? Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, when I say that Domestic shortwave is okay, but the big powerhouses are in the former uh, communist Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah, I've heard they had like the super huge stations that they used to use to uh, block uh, uh, messages from the West. Well, that plus issue their own propaganda. Yeah, but, but see, they don't have a lot to do these days, and yeah. uh, you know you can you can get to them pretty reasonably. So that was our idea. Yeah, they probably need the cash too. Exactly, good old hard U.S. currency. Um, Art, I was wondering, uh, have you ever had uh, the author by the name of Danikin on your show? Uh, wrote like uh, Chariots of the Gods. Uh, no, I have not. Um, I don't know if you've read his books, but um, he goes into uh, the ancient Mayan and Incan uh, civilizations. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe some of your listeners might want to take a look at some of his books, like some of the uh, gold that they used, uh, and the images on them uh, depict uh, people from outer space that they say visited them a long time ago. Right. And uh, one of the symbols associated with all these uh, visitors is the, the uh, shape of a snake. And I was just wondering if maybe the in Genesis where it says Satan entered into the serpent, maybe that's connected. Maybe so. Thank you uh, very much for the call. I don't know. I have no way of knowing. Dear Art, something's fishy in Montana. It was reported the suspected Unabomber had no electricity, and yet they supposedly found drills in the cabin. Electric drills? You may say they were battery-operated drills, but how could they be recharged? A generator? They said he had no electricity. It just doesn't fit. That's from Johnny. Interesting note. 
Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Hi. It's your buddy from Frederick, Maryland. Uh, Frederick, Maryland. Yes, sir. I called the other night. You sure did. Uh, I just got a notice from the IRS. Thought I'd read it to you. Oh? Might get a kick out of this. Okay. Uh, it was a registered letter in my, uh, in my P.O. box. Went up there very nervously and got it. Was shaken. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who wants to get a registered letter from the IRS? Yeah. Exactly. Says, uh, I'm not going to say the name of my company, but, uh, That's we fine. intend to levy. Respond now. The amount you owe us is 87 cents. You owe them. He wait a minute. Wait a minute. You owe them eighty-seven cents. Yes, sir. And um, and what? The, they're going to levy you for this? Yeah, this is a formal notice of our intent to mm -hmm. levy in parentheses seize your property or the rights to it to pay the tax you owe. Uh, I, I figured uh, maybe I'd send them a, like a box of uh, paper clips. <laughs> uh, maybe they could auction it off. I know. wouldn't do that if I were I you. know. I'm not going. I'm going to send them the 80 I would send them a whole dollar and tell, <laughs> I'd tell them to keep the change. No, <laughs> well, no. Well, I won't get any interest on that uh, 13 cents. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I thought maybe you'd like to. Uh, that, is, uh, that is cute. Uh, do, by all means, send in the 87 cents. They're probably not kidding. The way our government works, there would be, <laughs> agents, was, there would be agents with chains and locks, and you'd go in, and for 87 cents, you'd lose your business. Exactly. Well, I drive a truck. It's worth about $100,000, and they'd, they'd probably seize it. They put a chain around it so you couldn't <laughs> open the door. All right, thank you very much for the call, 87 cents. Uh, people are obviously beginning to sit down and do their taxes. I got another one over here, and I'll read you here in a bit. Uh, but I find that at about this time of year, I begin encountering very unhappy people as they, as they begin to do their taxes. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. This is Victor. Uh, call while I know. Hi, Victor. <laughs> Uh, listen, I have a real problem with this, uh, North Korea, the way they're, uh, treading water with it. All right, I'll tell you something about North Korea. Uh, it has been... The is this the real Art Bell? No, this is the fake Art Bell. Well, gosh darn it, I've been trying to get through the real one for the last two years. Well, he's not available. Oh, okay. So you're going to have to talk to me. All right, I will. All right, good. Uh, now, on North Korea, uh, the BBC... Yeah. has been leading uh, their news with this story for some time. And I'm still not exactly sure what it's all about. North Korea is saying something about either they will not maintain their portion of the DMZ any longer, not that I thought they did, or they're saying they will not respect it, or I'm not quite sure what they're saying. And they tried to say they were doing this with the understanding of the U.S., which we have denied. So... Can I ask you something, Art? What do you know about it? Well, I've got a feeling that it has a tie-in with China losing face yeah. on Taiwan. Now, I think that there's a possibility that China might be putting Korea up to do this. It's possible. Uh, more than likely to uh, for uh, retrieving uh, face and uh, possibly escalating what's going on over there right now. Retrieving face. I guess you. I've heard save face, but... Well, they have to retrieve it in order to Re save it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good term, sir. Hey, you know what, Art? What? I like the show, and I like you, guy. All right, thank you very much for the call. All right, take uh, care. Bye-bye. Retrieving face. They've got to retrieve face. That's a new one. I kind of like it. 
face retrieval, as opposed to saving. I guess it is saved when it is retrieved. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Well. Hello. Hello again, Art. Hi. <laughs> this is Gina from Pasadena. And I'm lucky I managed to get through twice. I'm amazed. That's good. Um, regarding the new $100 bills, yes. by the way, you are correct. They are ugly. Yes. My mom had one. She wanted to specifically show it to me. Oh, that thing just doesn't look right. Um, I don't know if you heard it. It was on a local all-news station out here in L.A. that somebody on the East Coast, a teenager no less, with a laser printer and a computer's already beaten it. Yes, I heard that story. I guess the kid um, printed the new bills, and his dad got arrested for trying to spend one or yeah, something. Yeah, his uncle. His uncle. His uncle. Yeah, what a um, bummer. Also, I wanted to put this in your category under um, proof of the quickening, I guess. The two cases of the two two of the places with some of the strictest gun laws in the world have now both had. Um, Mass murders. Um, the place in Scotland. Yes. And British Columbia. Mm hmm Just had one. Um, so. Well, I mean, you you don't have to just look there. Thank you very much. Uh, look at our own cities. In the places where we have got the strictest gun laws, Washington D.C. can't have a handgun there. New York, New York City, can't have one there. Uh, California's got stricter-than-average laws, and all of these places lead the crime stats. That goes back to yesterday's discussion about why we have crime. Somebody was trying to tell me if only we'd spend more billions of dollars, more money, we wouldn't have crime. Baloney. I say baloney. Around the world, in lots of third-world nations, which I said yesterday you will find crushing, profound poverty. Hillsides with people living in tiny, ramshackle affairs that fall down when it rains hard. I mean real poverty. Crunching, grinding poverty, as we don't know here. And yet, without basically a lot of crime. Now, how can that be? If money is the factor that lessens crime, well, then the U.S., with its relative rich rich uh, people, shouldn't have very much crime. And yet we do. Why? Why? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad you're going short wave. Well, isn't that cool? I love it. I called Portland about two months ago and asked if they could put you shortwave, and they said, no, it's too much money. And now I can listen to you on shortwave, so it's going to be wonderful. Well, not yet. It's still in the planning stages. I, well, but, I know. But we're going to do it, we think, the right way. Yes. It's wonderful, Art. So that'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Thanks a lot. Okay. Take care. You know, for me, it's a lot of fun anyway. I mean, I love radio. I'm a ham. Being on here is like ham radio. I mean, we hear from all over the country, all over the world, and say a million or two watts on shortwave, why, that'll be even more fun. <laughs> you got to have fun doing what you do, and I do have fun doing this, and I can just imagine, boy, can you imagine that, a million watts, two million watts on eight or nine megahertz? The hams out there will drool. They know what that means. 
Then during the day, um, if it's during the daylight cycle, which it would be in other parts of the world, uh, maybe we'll go up, move up toward uh, 12 megahertz in that area, 15 perhaps. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi. Jeez, I got right in, Art. This well, is Dan in the U District. You How can you do it, Dan. How you doing? Good. Um, I never get tired of these updates on on the cats. I, I'm a huge animal lover, and, and I and I'm really glad that Comet is starting to come around. And and I was wondering if uh, have you tried holding food out to him to see if he'll come to you or eat out of your hand or anything yet? Or? Did you say fruit? Uh, no, food. Food. Yeah. Uh, no, I. Um... I've become rather possessive of my hand, <laughs> and um, it's healing now, and I have no desire to send it through another cycle. So I'm letting, I'm going to let Comet come to me, and he slowly is venturing forth. It is the most amazing thing that you've ever seen in your whole life, watching a completely wild animal uh, begin to say to himself, hmm, eternal food. <laughs> What an interesting concept. Eternal water, eternal soft places to sleep. Hmm, perhaps this will be all right. You know, from that first, uh, I'll kill anybody who gets in my way kind of reaction. Sure, yeah, it's really neat to see that happen. And I, I'm uh, here to be commended for, for doing that and putting up with all the, you know, the pain that goes with it. <laughs> no pain, um, no gain. Yeah, that's right. Um, I... Um, if if you ever get bit or scratched again, do you uh, have you ever tried taking increasing your dosage of vitamin C? It, it seems to help cuts heal quicker, especially ester C, which will uh, absorb. Quicker. Well, that's a good idea, but in my case, what I needed was immediate massive antibiotics. Uh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate the call, uh, and I appreciate the tip on vitamin C. My hand uh, began to well, it got about twice its normal size. So it became imperative, and I went down and got all the appropriate shots in inappropriate places. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Hello. Right. Yes. Yeah, this is Dave in uh, Postal, Washington. Hi, Dave. Hey, I got a couple comments for you. We were, you know, all week I mean, we've been talking about, like, the Freeman, and I was wondering, like, you know, if it was the Hells Angels, Ku Klux Klan, uh, you know, how much tolerance would we have for them? If, if all of a sudden the Hells Angels said, hey, we're a patriot, you know, how much how much tolerance would we have for them? We wouldn't have any. people. Well, in my opinion, that's exactly what's occurred. In other words, these men have... Um, done things that are not legal, it is alleged, and I believe. I believe so. And they uh, are cloaking themselves in this word patriot. patriot. Yeah. yeah, patriot. You know, uh, it, it, the Crips, the Bloods, and all the rest of them ought to say, well, we're the Crip Patriot. You well, know? that. <laughs> <Crip> patriots. <laughs> um, uh, so that's why I began to try and define uh, the word patriot the other night exactly right. what it means and what it doesn't mean. That's it. It's not these kooks, that thing. And, you know, these people that call out and say, well, I'm a good Christian, and, you know, God says, thou shalt not kill. Well, they go out and eat, you know, their hamburgers. God, in the Bible, doesn't say thou shalt not kill just humans, you know. Don't start. And some of them get pretty wild about it. Don't right? start the religious people marching on me again. Tonight. Oh, well, you had such a good night with them the other night. I figured that, you know, maybe we'd bring them uh -huh. up there. 
One more thing. Yes. You know, many people forget that Native Americans were the ones that came up with the Constitution. You know, if you look back in history, the Cherokee people had a Constitution that almost mimicked our Constitution, and they believed in, you know, freedom is one of the highest things that they believe in in their Constitution. People forget about that and say, you know, things derogatory about Native American Indians. And I think that people ought to look back and take a look at that a little bit stronger. I enjoy your show. I thank you for the call, my friend. I think uh, freedom is hardly an original concept. I think freedom is probably as basic a part of our longings and wants and natural needs and all the rest of it as any any human um, aspiration that has ever been. Don't you suppose that would be true? What do you think about Mr. Brando's idea of breeding or uh, d discovering a genetic way to take violence out of man? My question for you is, if they did that, do you think that more than just our violent nature would go? Wouldn't it sort of take the, the edge off altogether? We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Premier Radio Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired April 5th. 1996. Good morning. It's good to be here, everybody. As usual, off on kind of a weird track. Before, listen, before I get back onto it, uh, don't forget our international line. It is open. Just uh, get the AT&T operator in the country in which you reside or the AT&T direct access number for America and call 800-893-0903. That's our number. And we'll take your call from anywhere in the world. And we have plans. Art, please do yourself a favor and set your VCR, which I didn't for Larry King, but I'm using what Rick in Reno uh, sent to me. He said, Marlon Brando asked for the interview. So he could comment on the Riverside police beating incident and violence in general. He was unusually passionate and has invited the woman who was beaten to come live in his home with a husband and children. Also urged, this is the part I want to talk about, talk about. He urged research into genetic engineering in order to remove violence from the human species. You might be able to do that. Though it is worth noting that if you found a way to remove violence, you probably also could enhance violence. Couldn't you? Well, I don't know. If it's like a little lever, whether you can push it to the plus side or pull it down to the minus side, I guess on the minus side they would have all regular citizens... Walking around, sort of smiling, blandly, staring into the distance, handing each other flowers. Talking about how we're all in this together. One world for all. Yes, 
There wouldn't be that much passion, they'd say, one world for all. But they'd mean it. There'd be no violence. But you know what? There might be no passion, no jealousy, no envy, no drive. All that might go, too. wonder if they'd thought about that. Or, as I said, they might move the other way around. Genetic research to remove violent genes from humans get real. In other words, let us create a man who will never complain about work hours, blindly accept whatever those who understand force tell them and willingly submit their lives, their wives, and themselves to what? Would you call such a thing life? Freedom? Not me, baby. Jefferson said it best, those who are willing to give up their liberties for some measure of permanent or temporary safety deserve neither. Sheesh. Signed, I am. And then this, I art a million watts on short wave. Why mess around with such small stuff? Buy transmitter time on harp. <laughs> From Keith. In Magnetic Volcano, wherever that is. Magnetic, oh, I guess Volcano, uh, California. Yeah. That would be an idea, by transmitter time on harp. What we're talking about doing, what brought this on, for those of you who joined us at this hour, is uh, we've got a project underway. Now that we have got the um, international line, we're going to be a little more international, given a little time here. How's this for a project? Instead of going for a domestic U.S. shortwave transmitter, we're going to try to figure a way to jump the Atlantic on what's called a subcarrier on a satellite, mid-Atlantic uh, satellite, dump a signal down into Poland or Czechoslovakia or uh, one of the uh, Russian republics, independent now. You see, they had all these great big million and multiple million-watt transmitters and they don't have a lot to do with them anymore. They need to jam us. And they hardly even need to pump their own propaganda out anymore, because, well, they've become little teddy bears. So we thought we'd get some time and run the program on short wave, but at a million or two watts out of Europe. How does that sound? So that is the project. Uh, my, I've got to give... Uh, I want to give... As well as AT&T, I've got a lot of people to give credit to for establishing uh, the phone line. AT&T really just did an incredible job. I've, I've got to give credit to uh, the people at my network, too. They're every bit as crazy and um, adventuresome as I am. And so we have these crazy ideas, and they just jump right on and say, okay, yeah, that sounds cool, let's do it. And so, you know, there are those kind of people, and uh, that, to a large degree, also accounts for the success that we have enjoyed here. You know, you don't get anywhere in life by not taking a risk every now and then. That is unless Marlin has it all bred out of us, or has the little genetic switch yanked out of us that will turn us all into happy little campers. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, I'm calling about Comet, your cat. Comet, my cat, yes. <laughs> uh, have you tried the butter treatment? 
Are you kidding? No. You mean the buttered bread experiment? No. What do you mean? Well, I got the right show. Yes. I got a cat by the name of Comet. Well, uh, he's here, but he won't talk to you. Yes, you have the right show. Okay. What butter experiment? Butter treatment. What butter treatment? You take the butter and rub it on the paws of the the front paws. Oh yeah. Anytime you move a cat from one strange um, location to another, huh? Uh huh. You when you get to the new location. Well, I'll tell you what, dear. I don't know where you are, but try I'm and from Page, tr- California. Okay. Well, you try and make it here, and I'll let you put on the butter, and I'll watch. Oh, I've had cats for 30 years, and every time I move them from one place to another... This is a wild cat, dear. Yeah. Wild. It's uh-huh. never... It, it doesn't know human beings, and it doesn't seem to much like them right now, either. Uh-huh. You take... Can you get wrap a towel around him? Um, well, I suppose you could, but I wouldn't be the one to try it. I have a hand that still is not right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I tried to get you earlier when you first got the cat, but couldn't get through, but... Too late. It works perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll look forward to you coming this way. Um, I would enjoy, I would enjoy watching you uh, take a stick of butter to my cat's feet. Maybe you could butter up all four claws and skid them across the kitchen floor. That'd be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, east to the Rockies. You're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Hi. Hey, this is Bob from Indiana. Hi, Bob. Hey, I just started listening to your show last couple months, and that Dreamland show is just, it's hilarious. I love it. Well, I'm glad for whatever, whether you laugh or cry or get excited, that's what it's all about. In fact, all my programs are. You know, we're not here to do the normal. We're fairly abnormal. Well, I was just wondering if you've ever thought to maybe having a show during the middle of the week, too, like on Wednesday. The, I, uh, I, I do. I, no, no. One Dreamland a week is what you get. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I work third shift in a factory by myself at night, and uh, it keeps me up. I really enjoy it. I appreciate it, my friend. Take care. Uh, of course, we touch on a lot of those topics here. But uh, one Dreamland a show is, uh, once a week is uh, enough. That keeps me busy a total of six nights a week. That's quite a schedule. Therefore, all I have left is my Saturdays, except when we have an occasional holiday. And such is going to be the case this Sunday, being Easter. I will not be here for Dreamland, but I'm going to tell you what we are going to do. We're going to repeat the Travis Walton interview. Now, Travis Walton is probably the most famous abduction case. It was the one that uh, brought on a HBO movie, you may recall. Well, if you want the real story of what happened with Travis Walton, we'll have him, we'll have his, uh, his boss, you recall from the movie, they were out uh, doing contract work and cutting lumber. And there's quite a story in this, and uh, so his boss and Travis Walton, both on Dreamland this coming Sunday. Don't miss it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, good morning, Art. Good morning. Uh, this is Anne calling from Scottsdale. Hi, Anne. Hi. Um, I know you're talking about um, 
this comment by uh, Marlon Brando about uh, developing a genetic way around violence. Yes, and you know, so many things are connected to the aggressive instinct in um, in males, in particular. Now, I remember a study they had done a number of years ago on marijuana smokers. It, um, it is true. They are um, very sedate, generally. Very passive, mm-hmm. and these men actually developed breasts. I've heard that. Yes. But I wanted to talk about something else. Uh, Good. One night you had uh, What If... Oh, um, we never even really got all the way through that, so if anybody wants to do it again, here we are. I love what-ifs. I love them. I did, too, and I thought of something that was really um, dynamic. Yes. And that is, what if... Well, let me preface this. I had read a story a number of years ago about World War One how the Germans had taken a projector and they had gone into the small French town Mm -hmm. and projected an image of the Blessed Mother and the French soldiers dropped their guns upon seeing this image. And so it was like an instant um, surrender on their part. And I wondered, with our technology and holographic imagery, if they for example, projected the image of of Christ as it's predicted in the Bible, coming from east to west, how some evil force could manipulate people with that. Well, I must admit, if the image of Christ were to suddenly appear in the heavens, it would uh, it would get to me too. Really? And, sure. Uh, we have that. I can be impressed. I mean, that wouldn't that impress you? Yes, it would. Well, there you are. Your what if is a pretty good one. Could it be used to manipulate people? Sure. <laughs> of course. Uh, after all, let's face it, um, religion uh, for the good or the bad, and I'm not saying which right now, probably both at times, manipulates uh, people in their actions, in their thinking. So would that be powerful? Yes, potentially it would. In this modern technological age, though, if it was a projection, it would be, you know, very quickly proven to be exactly that. Now, if an image appeared that they could not prove was being projected, now you've got something. How would people react to that? I don't know. I have no idea. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, hello, Art. Hello. Hi, uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. And uh, earlier in the show, you uh, mentioned uh, that you wanted uh, short domestic shortwave stations that might be a good fit for you. No, you weren't listening. No, you mentioned the international, but you also said the... Uh, if we had any domestic ones in mind. No, I didn't. You didn't? No, what I was asking was any of the good international ones. You see, domestically, they run low power uh, compared to what they're running out of Eastern Europe. I mean, there we can go millions of watts. And uh, it just burns into everywhere. Even when the ionosphere is in poor condition, 
They run so much power, they're like harp plus two, and they just blast. So we were wa talking about uh, Radio Poland, uh, uh, for example. Uh, uh, Russia, maybe Moscow. I don't know that they do contractual work, but they might. Uh, there's a lot of them. So that's what we're thinking. Okay, that's a great idea. But uh, could I, could I talk about one other subject real quick? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd like to talk about that beating in California, that yes. illegal alien. Yes. Uh, I really don't see as much wrong with it as most other people see. Uh, you know, they, they only show the beating and the, the bad parts. So they don't show what happened before with the... The hundred mile chase, and I mean the hundred mile per hour chase. Yes. And uh, the cop car that they showed was all the, uh, the windshield was broken and the lights were torn off because these people were throwing. But there's a little part of this you're missing, and that is no matter what occurred previously, if the suspects were prepared to, once you know the stop was made, yield peacefully, which it seemed they were, then. There is nothing that occurred before that would justify, under those circumstances, a beating. Even if it does in our minds and say, well, the son of a guns, you know, deserved what they got, that doesn't mean they should have gotten it. Now, yeah. if they gave those cops one bit of trouble, then yes, but there's no sign of that. Well, I see your point. You're probably right. It's just I'm probably prejudiced having grown up here in Houston where... Uh... You probably are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody has a right to be angry about this. Yeah. And I understand people feel inside, well, good. I'm glad they beat the, you know what out of them. Maybe it'll teach them all lesson down there or something. There is that anger. Yeah. But no, it's not justified because the problem is next time, Brian, it might be you. And I doubt that you'd feel it was justified if you were stopped, you know, for a ticket and they beat the hell out of you, uh, your attitude would be very different. On our first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, I'm calling from Los Angeles. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to share an experience that I had recently that's partially due to you that pretty much changed my life. I thought you might be interested in. All right. Um, I was driving home, oh, well, I guess two, three months ago, late, and I was listening to your show. You had a man on who was talking about remote viewing. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Ed Dames. That's right. Major. Right, Major Ed Day. Uh -huh. And uh, it, it had, uh, reminded me about a book that I had read a few years back called The Mind Race. And that um, had detailed some of the research up at Stanford Research Institute. And uh, so it got me interested again. And I started doing some research right. and uh, um, found a guy on the Internet who was in the uh, military unit who uh, teaches this now. Right. And uh, scheduled some classes with him and actually went back and took the classes. And uh, I just thought you might want to know how it went. Well... How did it go? Uh, it works. <laughs> um, I, I'm the kind of person who likes to try to try things out. So what are you able to do? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's different than I think what most people imagine it to be. Okay. You don't go into a trance. All right. Nothing like that. Um, in fact, you can be sitting there talking with people. You get up and take breaks and things. You're basically 
sitting there with a pen and paper writing down the impressions that you get. And uh, we just practice with targets that are uh, placed into manila envelopes. You know, they're just photographs that I guess they're cut out of magazines. And at, the, at the far end of this, mm -hmm. do you believe it possible for people to affect the minds or the thinking of others at distance? Gosh, you know, I, I would say that I'm probably not as qualified as you'd want me to be to answer that. Um, I, I've heard and discussed with uh, um, his, his name's Lynn Buchanan, the man that I L remember. Listen here, I've got a break. Do you want to sure. hold on? Certainly. All right, stay right where you are and think. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Once again, I am here. Good morning, Friday night, Saturday morning underway. The night is yours. Here we have a student. Student of, well, what? Uh, what, what do you officially call what you do, sir? Uh, it, it goes under a couple different names. Um, Mr. Buchanan calls it controlled remote viewing. Controlled remote viewing. Which which is really pretty, I'd say, an apt title for it because it really is under a very controlled environment um, mm. that you do this. Um, in, in response to the question you asked me before the break, I was thinking about it a little bit. And I guess the, the best way to answer it is I'm not the best person to answer it because of the nature of... Um, learning remote viewing, um, it's kind of akin to, like, learning to play the piano. Um, you first learn out, you learn to, you know, do your scales. Sure. And uh, practice, and at first you're hitting all the wrong notes, and then slowly you start to be able to play, you know, Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. And It takes a long time to become a, you know, well, a that's a, that's piano. a very, very good analogy. I, I, I just wonder if one who is particularly gifted or adept, one who could play um, uh, in front of a gigantic audience in New York, you know, at a major something or another, if that level of player might be able to affect the thinking of another. I, I will tell you that I've, that I've discussed it with people. I've heard that that has been tried and in some cases has been effective. I can't tell you from a personal experience that. Um, I, I can tell you that... Uh, from from my experience, I, I was about as psychic as a stone before I tried this. But I'm a very curious person, uh -huh. and uh, I'm just a normal person, you know. Sure. Wasn't in the military unit or anything, and uh, within the first day, I was um, getting aspects of targets um, that were more than pure chance. All right. Well, look, I, I I appreciate. I really appreciate the call. I wonder why they call them targets. Targets. You would think there would be another word that would more aptly uh, describe uh, somebody who's thinking you're trying to discern. Hi, Art. Subject shortwave from Dennis in Kansas City. 
Art, forget all those Eastern European transmitters. Go out and build your own on top of Everest with 666 million watts and blow everybody away. After all, you are the Antichrist, right? Grin. Subject, Brando. Sounds like Brando wants to make mankind an offer they cannot refuse. Talk about ultimate control. I'm sure any government would love to have such technology. Complete mind control is what it would be, with never any fear that people would rebel. Well, isn't that ever so true? Marlon Brando, again, talking about genetic research to remove violent tendencies from mankind. What do you think about that idea? Personally, it's what I think. In other words, I think with violence would go a lot of other characteristics that many of us cherish. Drive, productivity, emotion. It would take, wouldn't it sort of take the edge off just about all emotions? Maybe even love, passion. Wouldn't all of that go with violent tendencies? Doesn't it sort of all mesh together in some God-given way? Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art Bell. Yes. This is Dan the Man. Yes, sir. Calling from the backyard of Area 51, Las Vegas, KVEG. Oh, yes, the mighty KVEG 840. Right. Um, the point I wanted to bring up was about that man that had uh, called earlier about uh, getting that IRS levy. Yes. Okay. Well, let me explain a couple of things about that. They're going to close his, his business up for 87 cents. <laughs> right. Yeah, something silly like that. I mean, for that, you just pay the 87 cents and let it go. But for other people that have a little bit more of a problem, okay, this is the way it goes. First off, any levies that you get from the IRS have to be registered with the Secretary of State, okay? And if you check, most of them will, will not be, right? As a matter of fact, None of them will be registered with the Secretary of State. Well, the IRS, to a large degree, operates on uh, tactics of intimidation and uh, fear, oh, frankly, okay. fear. I mean, uh, and, and they do a lot of things just based on bluff. And, sure, all, all of that is absolutely true. I mean, it's the only way they can operate. There are too many people in this country for them to do anything else. Okay, well, let me let me give you proof right here. You don't have to give me proof. I know it's true. Okay, well, for the people that don't know. Well, no, they know because I say so. I mean, I, I really do know it's true, sir. They, yeah. they they don't back it up with anything, but they assume that when you get the letter, yeah. you'll you'll jump. Oh, oh of course. Uh, well, on the back of the letter, it's Section 6331. It's supposed to be printed in the IRS code. Well, they have uh, the, all the little laws and the paragraphs on the back, mm -hmm. and it starts with Section B, okay? Now, you're wondering, if you're actually thinking about it, you'd wonder, well, where is Section A? And it's not on the back of that code that the man had, I mean, the back of that paper that the man had. If you look in the code of the IRS, Section A says that, you know, what it pertains to is any elected official of the United States. So those don't even apply to uh, general people of the uh, general citizens. All right. Well, yeah. look, um, again, without going into all the morbid technical details, yes, I, I know all of that. But my advice is uh, don't begin trying to decipher the U.S. tax code and try to figure out ways around it. If you owe them 87 cents or $87 or 870 or 8000 pay it. 
I mean, if it's legitimately owed tax, pay it. If you have a bitch about paying taxes in general, then go and vote for somebody who's uh, trying to implement a flat tax or a total revision of the IRS. You know, unless you just uh, are one of the type of people who enjoys uh, going to war with the government, and it's not very enjoyable, um, work within the system we have to change it. That's just my advice. I pay my tax, and um, I groan and I grumble about it, and I would be willing to vote for somebody who would uh, work for a revision of our tax system. I've been calling for it for years. But um, I don't think that I would go and fight it for 87 cents or whatever. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Mr. Bell. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Okay. My name is Todd from Seattle. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to say two things, please. Uh, the first thing is about like the quickening. Yes. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that what it all comes down to is free will. Because God gave us free will, but like we never had a chance to really use it too much. Because we've always been controlled by everybody. Oh, baloney. Well, no. I mean, oh, like, baloney. Well, wait, you, no, you've is, got free will. Come on now. Oh, no, no, I got it. So but, so but, who's controlling you? Uh, well, I control myself mostly. Thank you. But uh, but then what's going to happen, though, like for the world, it's like everyone's going to be free at one time. You know, whoever wants to be free is going to be free. And then, like, uh, back in the 60s, there was, like, the hippies with the radicals and stuff. Mm. But this time around, it's going to be Mother Earth who's going to do the fighting. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Because she's been abused too much. Think so? Yeah. and uh, Going to whisk us off like a fly off a horse's butt with her tail. Well, just, just the people who don't belong here, really. I see. And the second part is yes. uh, about the, 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 the gene to uh, get rid of the violence. Yes. It can't be done because there's like an animal within everybody or a beast, you know, and the beast is, the beast is going to fight until it's done fighting. You can't get rid of it because, you know, there's... A, They'll come back in some other form. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. Well, it might. I wouldn't know about that. But I don't put it past the scientists. Look, they are unraveling the human genome now. And they will indeed uh, discover a genetic link to almost everything, including violence, I'm sure. So they might be able to remove that. Like a molar that has a cavity that's gone beyond saving. Just yank it right out. The problem is, what comes with it? That's what I wonder. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, I was just calling concerning a couple of things we're talking about tonight, and one was as far as the Marlon Brando removing violence. Genetically. Yes. yes, where are you, sir? And controlling individuals. Mm -hmm. I am in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. All right. What do you think about that idea? Um, a, it cannot happen because you will remove an individual's soul. And wait a spirit. minute. No, oh, well, wait a more minute. than soul spirit. Well, look, uh, our soul is not only our violent nature. It might, I think it would be more accurate to say it might remove some of our soul. Okay, spirit was the word I meant to use there. All right. Okay. Um, and have you heard anything about the Illuminati or the anything else in regards to controlling individuals through those kind of means? Well, as a 99th degree mason, I'm not authorized 
allowed okay. would be a better word to comment on these things. Ah, I see. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, sure. The Illuminati, they send me regular bulletins about all their secret activities. I just, you know. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. I, uh, I was wondering if you ever read some of these additional scriptures that Mormon Church has. Uh, whether I've what? Read scriptures of the Mormon Church? Yeah. We have additional scriptures besides the Bible. Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Well, if I could uh, quote just a no, no, verses. No, you cannot. Not from Mormon materials, not from the Bible. No scripture quoting. That's a rule on this program. Like it or not, we probably have more general discussion of religion than just about any other talk show on the air. But a Bible quoting? Uh-uh. In all the almost 12 years that I've been doing this program, we don't do that. If you want to quote scripture, go and do so in church or listen to it quoted in church. That's the place. No offense, I hope, but that's just one of the basic rules of the program. There are people of all kinds of cuts and stripes and beliefs here, and um, so we just uh, don't do that. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. I wanted to talk to you about the um, remote viewing. Yes. There's an area on America Online where I found uh, some documents about uh, CIA, CIA reports on remote viewing. They called it Operation Stargate. That's right. Um, it turns out we've spent, I think, $20 million on this over the past 20 years. They did a whole uh, Nightline show on it, and, uh, and then I did uh, two or three shows on it, so I'm quite familiar with it. Yes. This is from a report in an area called Periscope on America Online where they discuss how apparently there's two disagreements between the people who issued the report for the CIA, and one of the doctors, I guess a doctor of uh, parapsychology, actually believes there is some statistical significance to the psychic powers that some of the people in the uh, study possess. That's correct, yes. I just thought that was interesting. That hasn't been an aspect of the study that's been widely publicized, or most people haven't heard much about that. Do you think, I'll ask you as I did the other gentleman, that remote viewing extended could be remote control? I don't think so. I mean, I think there's enough question right now as to whether this really exists from a phenomenological standpoint. So I think if you want to talk about remote control, there's there's enough propaganda. You look at the propaganda we did during World War II or even during the Gulf War, there's already kinds of remote control through dropping leaflets over somebody uh, stuff like that 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 is not exactly what i meant okay i meant uh what the logical extension of remote viewing is remote control the control of one mind by another or a group of minds focused together to a single purpose i recall speculating about perhaps breaking a blood vessel in saddam hussein's forehead. Simply concentrate on weakening that blood vessel until it burst. And we talked about the advisability of that one night, morally, 
whether it would be right, if it could be done, whether it would be right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Eric. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing. Oh, I'm glad to hear your hand's getting better. Oh, it is, yes. <laughs> and comet's coming around, bless his little heart. Well, this is Ann from Eugene. Yes, Ann. Yes. Two Anns in one night. How you doing that? Well, anything can happen, Ann. I mean, <laughs> That's I, for sure. I can hear from one little town in Missouri three or four times in a night. It happens. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, I wanted to ask you... What do you know about Common Cause? The organization? Yeah. Um, a fair amount. Why? Well, I don't know anything about it. And I got a brochure in the mail from them, and I'm a little leery of writing gobbledygook to different people, and I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about them. Well, I'm not a joiner. I don't join anything. Um, I never have been. I don't know why. I just am that way, uh, so I, I wouldn't begin to advise you on what to involve yourself with. I mean, read and decide for yourself. Well, what kind of organization is it? That's what I'm asking. Well, I'm sure you were able to read that in the brochures, and you know what they're concerned with, the things they're concerned with, that is, and you've just got to sit down and decide whether you associate with that, whether you agreed to to the extent that you would become involved. I've just always shied away from involvement in that kind of thing. So again I wouldn't uh I wouldn't advise you. Okay, well I don't know anything about political organizations and stuff and I so I just I'll just toss it. <laughs> I just not That's what I would do. Thank you. Uh I would just toss it. And that's no gripe with common cause. I just uh I don't. I don't know why that is. I have just never been a person to join organizations. If I feel passionately about something, I fire off a letter or a, a fax myself, and I don't feel I need an organization to tell me when I need to do that. So, I've I've never I've never joined anything. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Sky in New Orleans. Hello, Sky. Yeah, uh, if uh, Marlon Brand is going to be uh, doing that with the uh, genetic engineering, I wonder if he's going to start with his own family. Well, that's probably part of what caused him to say that. Yeah, uh, what it primarily called for, I wonder if everybody is noticing, and maybe they should take notice if they haven't already, about uh, the reaction with uh, Brown's death. Uh, does everybody remember that there wasn't near the concern or the outcry or passion when Vince Foster was found dead? Oh, and not only I, that, I, I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, that the ripples of that, sir, are still rippling. Oh well, sure. Especially, you know, it's sad the way that uh, the way it's just going to keep torturing the family. I definitely feel for them. But uh, Clinton, of course, you know, he made his political plug in the midst of all that. You know, trying to keep the uh, commerce department's uh, interest going because. You know, that's one of the ones that are being targeted, you know, for, you know, being shut down. Yes, I know. But uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Oh, and by the way, I never have thought that your voice sounds different on the phone as opposed to the radio. Really? I don't know why people say that. 
Everybody says that. No, I think it sounds identical. Huh. I, I mean, I don't know if we just got an excellent connection all the time, but I remember the first time I called, I knew it had to be you. Well, everybody calls, and as you can uh, hear, a lot of them, I've sort of given up on it. I mean, they, they hear me on the phone. They don't believe it's me. Uh -huh. So I just, I'm, it's getting to the point where I say, okay, it's not. What, yeah, yeah. what, what I, can I, I do for you? I pick up on that. I'm just wondering, you know, the people just not paying attention too much uh, to, you know. The... Well, there is a difference. It may depend on the kind of radio you're listening to. In other words, the frequency response, or my real voice, is the one you hear on the radio. Right. And the one you hear on the telephone, obviously, is constricted to telephone voice frequencies. Yeah, I don't know. It might just be the connection, but I guarantee you that I could recognize yours in a crowd of a million. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very distinct, and you know, uh, I've always thought it sounded, you know, you know, my perception identical to what it always sounded like on the radio. Well, bless your heart. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Nobody has ever said that until now. He is the first. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a zillion times. This isn't you, Art. This is some imposter. This is some screener. I thought Art didn't screen calls. So I've just, I've sort of given up on it. There are, <laughs> there's a lot of people, sometimes I'll answer the phone before or after the program or even during the day, and it'll be accusatory. This isn't you. Uh, okay, what can I do to convince you? There's nothing that convinced me. It'll convince me. I know Art Bell, and that's not you. And I usually say, okay, well, call back later when he's here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Somewhere in time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Good morning, everybody. Art Bell on station, Friday night, Saturday morning, talking about anything you want to talk about. They, now more than ever, think they've got the right guy, think they've got the Unabomber. I'm sure you've seen most of the stories. The typewriter, they think, is the one. Turned out, allowing him to publish may in the end mean he'll perish. We'll see. Uh, by the way, I had a fax about uh, moving, well, not moving, but having the Unabomber trial in California. That makes sense, and I'll read it in a bit. Don't forget, we've got our international line up toll-free internationally from anywhere in the world. And we are presently investigating the... Uh, possibility of turning on a large Eastern European shortwave transmitter with this program, with about a million watts. So that project is underway. I've got a great network. I've got a great bunch of people I work with, and no matter the crazy ideas I might come up with, they're all for it. They're pretty much as crazy as I am. <laughs> so it it's a match made in heaven. And that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to look into it. We may even end up making a trip to Poland or something, or Czechoslovakia, just for that purpose. 
bounce it off a mid-Atlantic uh, satellite, relay it actually, dump it down into uh, Eastern Europe, and then go up with a million watts or two or three or ten. We'll see. Anyway, we do have an international lineup now, so if you can hear us out there in Central America, Europe, Asia, wherever you are, and by whatever means you're hearing us, here's how you can call us toll-free. Get the AT&T USA Direct Access number for your country, whatever that is, and then call 800-893-0903. 800-893-0903. Some lady called, I think it was an hour ago, and talked about marijuana enlarging breasts in males because we were talking about violence because Marlon Brando went on Larry King last night and said that he would like to see genetic research done to remove the violent nature of man. Whoa, think about that one. How do you feel about that? Anyway, the lady called up and said marijuana. But she said it enlarges the male breast, and somebody sent me the following, inevitably, Tim from Victoria, Texas. Dear Art, regarding that call earlier about marijuana causing breast enlargement, well, my dilemma is that as I sit here on the couch, I realize I should go buy myself a brassiere. But I just don't have the motivation to do it. And when I do go out in public, I find the cops keep following me around everywhere I go. Help! That's Tim in Victoria. Well, Tim, should have done what the president claimed he did, I guess. Hi, Art. Marlon Brando and others thinking it'd be a great idea to do away with violence and aggression from the human genome really need to rethink their positions Without aggression or controlled violence, why, our species would not be walking around, or it would with vacant smiles or distributing flowers or being nice to each other, as Brando suggests. Instead, a lack of aggression would spell the end of humankind as a viable species. Without aggression, you'd probably find some humans hiding in the dark, cowering in fear and praying that comet. His fellow felines don't hunt them down and turn them into cat food. In fact, without aggression, who would ever have heard of Marlon Brando? Good point. And then this art for a lot less. Is somebody called and talked about somebody projecting an image of Christ and what effect that would have? Art for a lot less than it would cost to send an image of Christ from east to west. One could accomplish the same purpose by mailing millions of pay 87 cents now or live to regret it notices from the IRS, east and west at the same time. In fact, the name of Christ is probably used more frequently in connection with the IRS than it is in connection with church. By the way, I have one of those IRS notices for 13 cents. Tell the guy to wait until... I send mine to him, and his change won't go to waste. <laughs> yeah, that's true. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. How you doing? I'm okay. Um, just wanted to ask you if you uh, checked your email today. I sent you an email today. You did? Yes. Well, I checked it at about midday. I didn't check it before I went on. Why? What was okay. it about? Okay. Um... I was listening to another talk radio host, a very reputable one, 
and he, through the Freedom of Information Act, got some information out of the White House that showed a commission of health care. Uh, the Clinton White House had a, a commission of uh, large businessmen, you know, big business people. Yes, I know about it. Oh, you've seen it then? Well, that's been public for a very long time. That's no secret. Uh, okay. As a matter of fact, there, 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 there have been uh, lawsuits, sir, um, regarding that commission because it did its work in secret. Right. And did you know who was part of that commission? Who was part of that commission, sir? There is uh, one of the people that's part of it was the CEO of Motorola. <gasps> one of the commission was the guy by the name of H. Ross Perot. <gasps> And did you read or did you know of any of the information that they were the commission did trying to put forth as far as what their plan was for the health care? Well, I know generally what the health care plan uh, encompassed, yes. One, well, ca one card for all. In fact, I remember the president holding it up. Yeah. Yeah. But their plan was, was eventually taking it into world health care. Um, in the email, I sent you the documents I pulled off from this guy's internet access. You know, when did website. you When did you send the email? Um, it was later on this afternoon. All right. Well, I'll get it in the morning then. Thank you very much. I'll look forward to that. One world, one card. Health care for all. Charge to Uncle Sam. Yes, sir, sir. Sounds like a good idea. Implementation to begin after Marlon Brando's genome revision. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hello. This is Russ from Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Ron Brown. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of people are praising him and saying he ran a great commerce department. Well, he ran the commerce department like a candy store for Clinton's special interests. Mm -hmm. and his campaign people. So if you were, you know, if you were a big-time contributor to Clinton or a big supporter, you know, and you had a nice business going, there's a good chance Ron could take you over to a foreign country no in doubt. a taxpayer, you know, no doubt. provide a jet. And, no uh, doubt. That, that kind of patronage, though, to be fair, uh -huh. has gone on in every single administration. Well. Even Reagan's. Bush's. Yeah. But it still doesn't make it right. No. And he was under investigation for a lot of other funny uh, funny deals. And no, it's true. I know. I so know. he was definitely no angel. And now that now I heard that uh, the Bosnian, a witness to the crash, saw a couple of bolts of lightning hit the plane. Could be. And, um, you know, there may be uh, maybe more to this than we think. Well, maybe he's an angel now. Well, I don't. All I'm going to say is, God is not in God. God will not put up with any one-world government unless it includes Jesus Christ. So, all right, sir. And if they think they can pull it off without him. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any one-world government uh, anyhow. Not in our lifetimes. Not in the lifetimes of our children. And probably never, unless Marlon Brando gets his way and the. Uh, gene, gene that uh, controls our violent nature is somehow modified. We're about the most cantankerous, isolationist, um, argumentative people in the whole world. 
one world government, the people in this country? <laughs> I don't think so. Somebody uh, joking sent this to me, question, when flying saucers land on the White House lawn and the aliens say, take me to your leader, how will the Secret Service respond? Answer, Hillary, there's someone here who wants to talk to you. Well, if you were to take that question and modify it just a little bit, I'm wondering what kind of answer you would give. If the little gray guys landed uh, anywhere in this country and said, take me to your leader, who do you think they would be taken to? Now, the obvious answer is, well, President Clinton. But there's a lot of people here who don't think he's the real leader. So if the saucer came down and the CIA or the Secret Service or the FBI, I suppose you would hope it would be the FBI if it was a domestic landing, <laughs> um, were consulted and wanted to go to the leader, who would the little gray guys really be taken to? Hmm? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I had a question for you. Sure. I was wondering if you personally believed in UFOs, because I've heard you talk about them before. Oh, I believe in UFOs, yes. I do, too. <laughs> I was just curious about I mean, there's that. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I saw one myself. Uh, I believe in unidentified flying objects, but do I believe they are extraterrestrial craft with little guys in it flying around? I don't know. That I don't know. Well, I believe that they've had a, a definite part... Um, of being on our planet. That's just my opinion. But um, I was also wondering, what is your first-time caller number? Because I couldn't find it. I'm a first-time caller. Well, let me see. I guess you're entitled to use it once. Uh, it's area code 702-727-1222. Where are you? Um, Baytown, Texas. Baytown, Texas. And what do you do? Um, I'm a stripper. You're, a, you're. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm a, uh, an entertainer. A stripper? Yes. You're a stripper. Yes. No kidding. Yes. No. <laughs> um, what's it like? I mean, I don't get calls from a lot of strippers, and um, what's it like? Um, it's basically kind of like any other job. No, um, no, it's not. <laughs> well, I guess it's not really like any other job. But, um, I don't know, I really enjoy it. It's good money, mm -hmm. and most of the gentlemen are very nice. Are they? I always wondered about that. In other words, they're not singing, sitting out there uh, catcalling and uh, uh, getting rowdy with drinking a bunch of beers and causing you headaches. No, usually they're very quiet. Um, the only ones that get really very rowdy are the bachelor party. <laughs> but most of the guys are very quiet, businessmen. And um, they're very polite and extremely... Um, interested. Yes, interesting, and I learn a lot from talking to them. And they learn a lot from you. I hope so. 
<laughs> How long have you been doing this? About four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. So you're a veteran stripper. Yes, I guess you could say that. <laughs> do you, I've been broken uh, in. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you strip uh, c c completely or just mostly completely? Oh, I go to a G-string. A G-string. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much a strip. Well, that's uh, that's that's really interesting, and uh, you know that you're very brave. A lot of people would not come on the air and say I'm a stripper. Oh well, thank you. I'm not really ashamed of what I do, and I, I can, think it's a I good living, tell. and I'm not really doing anything wrong, and I'm not hurting anyone. It's all in good fun, you know. They just come in there, have a good time, and look at you and talk, and most of them just want somebody to keep them company for a little while, you know. I'm sure that's right. Well, uh, look. The female body is a wonderful thing, and those who have it, uh, I suppose, should not be ashamed of it. So there you are. Uh, what is your first name? So we might remember you. Stacy. Stacy the Stripper from Baytown. Mm-hmm. I guarantee we'll remember it, Stacy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Stacy the Stripper from Baytown. I think that's a first. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, this is Jim from Houston, Texas. Hi, Jim. I've been a cop for 17 years, and this stuff that they keep talking about, all this stuff like out in California and things like that, it kind of upsets me to a certain extent, and mm -hmm. I've been listening to you and listening to the comments of other people. You know, not all police officers are that away. There's, there is few and far between. It seems like here lately everybody's been videotaped and uh, well, I was going to say, we keep saying that these incidents and these type of police are very few and far between. The problem is they're the ones who keep getting caught on videotape. In fact, uh, another beating was caught, uh, I think, by a cop's in-patrol car video camera. Correct. I thought that one was really dumb. Yeah, well, you know, police officers are humans, and <laughs> it just seems kind of kind of strange that, you know, that uh, the people that are not police officers, you know, they downgrade them. You know, I've been in many pursuits. I've been stabbed and, and uh, been spit at, been jumped on, been kicked, and called every name in the book. And it just seems kind of odd that these people out there that, you know, they don't have any sympathy for the police officer as far as, yeah, true enough. I watched this last one, and I didn't think it was righteous, and I think they ought to hang them, really. I mean, if you're a bad cop, shame on you, just like anybody else, bad banker or bad business person. If you're, you can't do your job right, you shouldn't be in it. But um, I don't know. I just, just my view. and. And, you know, I'm just one of many thousands of police officers out there that... I know that. And how many videotapes do we see of cops helping little old ladies across the street? <laughs> well, that, that's correct. You know, I mean, you know, over the years I've had a few good experiences, and that's what keeps me in the business is that the, the people out there, most of them generally like police officers. But then again, you know, the same person, you stop them on traffic and going to write them a ticket, their attitude changes awful drastically because they're going to have to pay some fines out. No, I don't. You know, I'm a little heavy on the pedal there, and uh, I've been given my share of speeding tickets, and I've always been, with one exception, I've always been in the wrong and knew that he had me cold, and I accept the ticket graciously, and usually at the end, even though I, I kick myself for doing it, he hands me the ticket, and I say thank you. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I've been that way myself. I, even, you know, uh, out of uniform, uh, luckily the police officers that I have been stopped, that stopped me, have have been very gracious and give me the courtesy of saying, well, thank you, sir, and, and could you please slow it down? And yes, sir, I sure will. Of course, a lot of police officers I've stopped have had a different attitude. Hey, I'm a police officer. I can do what I want to you, on duty or off duty, and 
I explained to them real quick, you can't do that. Mm. And, of course, then they, they really bow up and they get Yeah, mad. but I, I bet you don't really give them a ticket, though, huh? No, uh, but I have talked <laughs> to you sergeants and superior officers on them. All right, sir, thank you. I Yes, I um, suppose I can tell this story now. I used to work uh, for the Monterey 911 system. I was a 911 operator. Boy, what a job that was, I'll tell you. Keeping control of uh, and in your head what uh, a whole bunch of police cars and officers are doing, what kind of call they're on. Uh, controlling the local fire department at the same time, dispatching fire. And talking to frantic people on 911 lines. I did that for a year. And, of course, that doesn't make you a cop, but uh, since you are the one who dispatches the cops, in other words, you control their workload, uh, they show some deference to you. And I, as I said, I'm a little heavy on the pedal, and I remember going home one day in excess of the speed limit by probably about 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and I was stopped, and I didn't, uh, I didn't claim any uh, special... No, I didn't even tell the, the cop who I was, even though I dispatched him. And uh, he wrote out the ticket and uh, asked me for, uh, took a look at my ID. After he had written the ticket, somehow he took a look at the uh, ID a little closer and figured out who I was and got jumping up and down angry because he was going to have to cancel that ticket because there was no way in hell he was about to write a dispatcher a ticket. He was really angry with me for not telling him who I was in the first place. I mean, I'll tell you privately. He said, do you think I'm out of my mind? Do you think I'm going to write you a ticket? I know your boss. And he determines my workload. And you let me write out this, and he was angry with me. So cops rarely give each other tickets. It's part of the great code of silence and uh, protection of each other that occasionally gets them in trouble. And that's a small example of it, but it's a true story. So I got chewed out for not telling him who I was. He had to end up ribbing that ticket up. I said, go ahead, give it to me. He said, are you kidding? We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired April 5th, 1996. Good morning, everybody. This is a Friday night, Saturday morning version. Or if you're listening to the repeat, the Sunday night, Monday morning, one way or the other. Anyway, we're here from the National Werewolf Society. That's right, the Werewolf Society. I just got a fax. Sheesh. I wonder what it'll say. Dear Art, we're tired of you goofy humans, and we're declaring war against you jerks. Art, please don't be offended. We consider you to be a useful tool for opening human minds to the possibility of other realities. However, 
We are now initiating our first wave of human consumption in the state of Oregon as of this morning. Oh, no. Why would you want to start eating Oregonians? They are particularly a tough breed, and, oh, well. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art Bell from Yakima, Washington. Well, good. Gosh, I'm enjoying your show tonight. Me too. I have a what if for you. Okay, I love them. Okay. What if China or Red China, which is which is correct, China, okay. What if China, with the help financial and technical of Libya and Muammar Gaddafi, is throwing a little money in too, mm. has got a nice satellite up there in the sky mm-hmm. that locked in to the airplane's computer and shot it down and froze it. And the plane went right into the side of the hill. And maybe as a message to tell Americans that you're not in control like you think. And poor Mr. Clinton, his wife and child were on the plane a week earlier. So anyway, what if, what if? Well, that would be horrible. Yes, but you notice you just heard on the news that that it was uh, you were saying that a, a person, a witness, saw lightning hit it. Yes, uh, somebody claims a, that, yes. I think it was a ray from one of those satellites. I think they're way ahead of what we think. Well, that would be disturbing. On the other hand, it could be just uh, good old-fashioned bad weather, too. I mean, crashes have occurred. Uh, near as I can tell, uh, despite what else you may have heard, uh, if you look at the Dubrovnik uh, airport approach, it is, under the best of conditions, difficult the uh, non-directional beacons, two of them, uh, at best troubled. And if you make a wrong turn, if you go the the way you should not go, then you run into a 2,500-foot mountain, which is exactly what they did. I'm already getting a whole lot of speculation. I mean, you ought to see all the faxes I get. Uh, It's really kind of ridiculous. Um, The Clinton circle of death, I could go through them. The Clinton circle of death increasing by one more. Let's see, that was one. They were actually trying to kill Hillary, but got Ron Brown by mistake. Um, uh, There's just a whole pile of them that I haven't even bothered to read. Uh, you, you You just would not believe what it is people imagine. No, no matter how obvious an explanation for something, there are those who refuse to believe the simple and absolutely must reach out for the complex and unlikely. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. How you doing, Art? This is Mac in Hartford, New York. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, whatever happened to that guy, that fish and wildlife guest you had on who was going to investigate the cattle mutilations? Because there was a couple mutilations out, out your way recently. I'm not exactly sure who you mean. I've had many people on with... Well, he said he was going to do an autopsy or something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, No follow-up. I I don't know. I don't know what the results are. I don't have any news for you. I have not talked with him since. Hmm. Well, have a happy Easter anyway, then. Oh, you too, sir, and take care in New York. I follow up on things as I can. It's like Randy Winters, uh, who promised the photos of the dinosaurs. I'm still sure we're going to get them, but I'm not sure when. Everybody's asking about them. I'll try to remember to make a call to Randolph and get those on the way. I know he's traveling, and that's probably why we haven't got them yet. 
but I want my dinosaur pictures. Maybe some of you have seen them. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Mr. Bell. This is Billy in Modesto, California. Yes, sir. Um, you know, it just cracks me up hearing someone like, like Brando talking about changing the genetics or whatever he was talking about. I mean, a guy like that, he's got so much money. He's like one of the happiest guys in the world. You know, if we were to go and change his genetics and then... Well, now, he, money, he's had a rather troubled family. Yeah, I mean, obviously with his family, I mean, he's completely out of balance with the rest of the normal people in the world. And it's just like, you know, it just typifies the people, uh, you know, like him to be making these kind of statements. And it's just, it's ridiculous. What, do you, think, what to... do you think would happen, though, if they did find the gene uh, and a way to control it or change it to literally pull violence uh, away from a human beings? Seems to me an awful I, I lot can't, of... I can't imagine. I mean, like, I think of my dad, and, you know, he... I'm, you know, he had me when he was really young, he and my mom, and I think if he hadn't had that, that edge, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have made it. That's right. And, uh, you know, today they have a, he, he and his dad have a successful business because of that tenacity. And if it hadn't have been for anger, they would have given up 20 years ago. No, it is an important part of the mix, isn't it? It's, it you couldn't live without it. It's, it's just, it, in, you know, makes me mad to hear people say stuff like that. So, whatever. But I wanted to plug a movie. Yes, oh yes. That, uh, it's a great movie, and uh, it, 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 uh, I'm a little nervous, excuse me. But it addresses this issue. And it was written by George Lucas when he was in college, called THX 1138. Oh, I've seen it. And, uh, you know, that's a movie that's just all about what happens when you take people and you, uh, through drug manipulation or whatever, you take emotion away from them. Mm hmm. And uh, it's scary. And everybody walked around like drones. That's right. Well, I'm yeah. sure that's the way it would be. Thank you uh, very much for the call. Wasn't this just too cute? Somebody's on video right now and typed, I thought you were the Unabomber. Me? The Unabomber? Me? Mr. I love technology? I love toys? Techno toys? Me, the Unabomber? Please. The Antichrist, maybe. But the Unabomber? No respect. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Jim from Ever Beach. Hi, Jim. Ever Beach, Hawaii. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, how you doing? Tonight? I'm fine. Oh, good here. Hey, uh, you were talking about how you were getting scared that you and Charlie were starting to agree on more and more things. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Well, it makes sense, though. I don't know if anybody's thought about this, but, you know, it's getting closer to election time, and everybody knows how liberals start turning more conservative when it gets closer to election. Well, I certainly would rather believe Charlie's coming to the right than I would believe that I'm going left. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't think there's much chance of that, though. But, and you know, does one know when it's happening to to one? In other words, when you're undergoing a ideological change, maybe you don't know it like the frog in the slowly warming, finally boiling water. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it sneaks up on you. It could be. I don't know. But and, 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 and equally, I can imagine it, it snuck up on Charlie. It could be. Let's hope so, huh? Uh, let's hope so. Thank you. And Or as you pointed out, with election year coming, like our illustrious president, uh, he finds himself having to move to the right uh, to become as populist as possible and try once again to eke out a 43 percenter. 
East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Bell. Hello. Rochester, New York. Yes, sir. WHAM. Uh-huh. This must be another um, Howard Stern plug. What makes you think that? Just a wild guess. All right. Well, two things. Let's get the Howard Stern out of the way. And you, you took my punchline, you know, if, if the green guys landed, you know. Leader, would would, they'd be taken to Howard, right? Well, what do you think that the green guys would probably, make out of Probably screened by Robin, though. What, would you, what do you think they'd think about Bongo Fiesta, though? Art? Yes. Okay. I thought you hung up. I no, heard, sir, I, I anyway, heard, I heard here, a here's the serious thing, though. Yes. I mean, this isn't serious, but I just wanted to call up to agree with you about the movie Seven. Oh, that's, God, what a movie. And it's just a great movie. And now, listen, I saw it in the theater. You know who you're you, talking to? You're talking to a guy who's got a copy of the original script. I know. I heard. Lucky man. Oh, man. But, I mean, imagine seeing in the theater, dark, you can't hit the pause button like you did three times. <laughs> I you mean, it, it was, was it or was it not that intense? And wasn't it great how they don't, I'm not, we can't say it for the people who haven't seen it, but that they do not cap out at the end. Yes, you know, I, I kept waiting. Yes, for the I, oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree yep. more. I was sitting there saying, oh, please don't go about, you yep. know, during those last few seconds, and then they didn't. They and did. and that's all we can say. Excellent. All but right. Art, I do have to say, though, yes. you did redeem yourself with saying the 7 review because I totally disagree with Waterworld. That movie really? was horrible. Oh, it was not. Horrible. It, it was not. Last one, and I'll let you go. Did you see Braveheart? Yes. Did you like it? I, it was wonderful. You're the guy. See you later. Have a nice week. Yeah, Braveheart was dynamite. Um, the, the battle scenes were incredible. Incredible. Really, I, you know, when I saw it, I thought Braveheart should have, if anything, cost as much or more to uh, uh, put together than uh, Waterworld. No, I liked Waterworld. I guess I'm weird that way. I don't know. I thought the concept was different. I thought it was a complete reality escape kind of movie. I thought the chick was incredibly beautiful. God, she was pretty. And I I just generally enjoyed it. Maybe I'm just I I just enjoy movies. Braveheart, fantastic. 7 probably um even better. 7 I don't know why. I don't know what it was about 7, but it's just the best movie I've seen in a long time. That intense. And so with the little asterisk here at the bottom that, warning, warning, it is pretty rough. If, if you can handle it and you, can, and you like a good, really good, dramatic, uh, well-produced movie, that's seven. And no cop-out at the end. That much can be told. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, how you doing? I'm just Mario from uh, California. Hi, Mario. Um, I have a... Question to ask you, and I want to make a comment. About All right, something. sure. Uh, first question is uh, that comment was it Hell Bop? Is it Bop or Bob? Hell Bop, B O P. Okay, well, you said formed the way toward Earth or whatever? No, uh, the comet that um, emitted the X rays mm -hmm. is the Japanese comet that just passed, Hayakutaki. Right. And uh, it has uh, been found to have emitted strong X-rays, and even the experts are not sure why. They are puzzled. Oh, yeah. Um, However, maybe a month from now, we will all begin smiling at each other and wearing flowers in our hair. Then we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I have a 
the comment I wanted to make. Do you? I don't know if you saw the news today or anything about the cat in New York. The one that rescued the kittens? Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, what a story. Yes, I've been following that for days, and Mama, Mama Cat is on the heel. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I uh, grew up around cats all my life, and uh, from my opinion is uh, most cats, you would think, when uh, faced with danger, tend to shy away, but there's that uh, maternal instinct. That's no minor instinct. When uh, for, To imagine a cat that would go into a fully engulfed, burning building five times burning itself to the degree that all its hair, its fur, burned off, and it, it, it got very bad burns on its body. That is an amazing thing, that the maternal instinct, even in a cat, is that strong, with a total disregard for its own life, and the prospect of burning up, very real. It plowed through those flames, to get its kittens and brought them out of that building. I don't know, what do you say about that? While some human mothers toss their babies out of tall buildings and other human mothers strap their babies in the back seats of cars and roll the cars into the water. We are the smart ones. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, good morning, Art. Good morning, sir. Uh, don't hang up on me until I uh, have my say-so, okay? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Okay, well, I appreciate that. You've, uh, got, uh, you've got something going on in the background. The reason I leave the line early a lot with you is because, for some reason, you must have... I heard another phone hang up. Did you have two phones off the hook? Actually, I have uh, somebody on conference. That's, that's what one of the problems was. Don't do that. Okay, and... Uh, I have a what if for you. A, a what if? Yeah, what if Charlie got a real job? Well, what if he did? What makes you think that would change his opinion about anything? Well, for one thing, I think he doesn't work for the government. I think he works for a, a gas station. I heard a phone ringing in the background the other day. What, what, why would that mean he works in a gas station? <laughs> it's just an opinion I have. I see, all right. Well, in that case, he does have a real job. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to say one more thing. Uh, to my friends in the background listening, why don't you say hello to Phil and... Phil and? Hello? That's, that's his name? Phil, Phil and Phil, Tony. Phil and? Sorry. Oh, Phil and Tony. Yeah, they're in the background listening. Hello, Phil and Tony. Okay, I think they're a little radio shy, but I want to say one more thing. Good night, America. All right. You said it. You see, now, where was the content in that call? Don't cut me off until I say what I want to say. Say hi to Phil and Tony for me. <laughs> oh, boy. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, good morning, Mayor Art. Good morning, sir. Yeah, this is Bob from Las Vegas. Hi, Bob. I got a what if. What if what? What if 
Taiwan went belly up and Sea Crane brought those jobs back to America. Well, the Sea Crane never took them out. I see. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, actually, if, tai if Taiwan uh, to in totality went belly up, uh, then the odds are that uh, it would be another foreign radio. Let me tell you a little something about the American people. We're a market-driven country, and no matter how much you wish it or anybody wishes it, that's not going to change. The American people, no matter what they say, will buy the best for the money. You know, you hear a lot of people mouthing off about, well, I'll only buy it if it's American-made. And that's a fine sentiment, but I'll tell you what, that's all it is. Otherwise, it's a bunch of baloney, and I am no different, and I'm, I'll freely admit that to you. When I go shopping for a product, I try to get the best deal I can for my money, the best quality product. I'm very quality conscious, and the best buy for my money. And I am not different than most Americans. You hear a lot of people who mouth this or mouth that, like that guy was uh, sort of trying to twist around and say, well, sort of, wouldn't it be nice if Taiwan went belly up and Sea Crane had to bring all those jobs back? What a, you know, what a sort of a trashy thing to say anyway, because Sea Crane never took them out. The only thing he did was find the best radio, and that right now happens to be the Sanjin 818CS. That's not even a paid commercial. That's just a damn fact. So the best way for America to, uh, to, to, to get things back, and by the way, that process is underway right now, is for America to make the best product at the best price. That's the best way to do it. And American cars have come a long way, baby. We're beginning to export a lot of them. Mexico, as a matter of fact, buys an awful lot of American cars. Some they take down there without buying. They just start them up and drive them down there. We never see them again. Anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired April 5th, 1996. Once again, I am here. Hello, everybody. How are you? I should have held it, but I didn't. Uh, we, had a, uh, we had an international call from Africa, South Africa. But it came right at the beginning of the news, and I picked it up when I should not have. So if he calls back, he calls back. Anyway, if you're out there internationally... We do have a toll-free international line, and uh, you are more than welcome to give us a call if you can get through. And I'll try not to pick it up during newscasts. Um, and other times I will try and watch for it to ring. It's kind of hard. i got a whole bank of lines ringing here. 
and I've got to be able to catch it at the right time. But we'd love to hear from you internationally. You know where I'd really like to hear from? Tahiti. I know I've got a lot of listeners in Tahiti. They could call if they could get to a phone. Uh, just get the AT&T uh, USA Direct Access number wherever you are in the world, and then dial, or then dial not a one, but just 800-893-0903. That's 800-893-0903. Art, what if you had a time machine? It's always one of my favorite what-ifs. Went 200 years ahead, and in the history books, the Unabomber was a hero. Maybe with statues erected to what he had done. Well, that'd be a sad thing, wouldn't it? If it turned out that technology was such a horrible thing, that the man who had railed against it, even killed trying to get the message out that it was horrible and a mistake for humanity, if it turned out that man was right. Now, there's a good basis for a movie. Remember Waterworld? How about Shanty World, hmm? where everybody tears down their homes, trashes their cars, their mix masters, their microwave ovens, their computers, trashes it all, and goes back to living as the Unabomber was in a little handmade shanty with no electricity or running water? Shanty World, where technology has been proven to be evil and where we have turned back the clock and erected statues of thanks to the Unabomber. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art, what's up? Well, whatever you, is on your mind is what's up. Um, well, I, I just want to say I love your taste in movies, man. I loved uh, The Usual Sus Suspects, Seven, Braveheart, even Waterworld was great. Well, at least you liked Waterworld. Yeah, I did like that one. What do you think of my idea for Shanty World? Shanty world? I don't know about that. Some future world where we have realized that technology is the tool of the devil, and we've all given it up, trashed our microwaves, our cars, everything, gone back to living in shanties. Well, yeah, I don't exactly, I don't exactly see that happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I wanted to talk to you about this Brando thing, with the uh, genetic engineering and stuff. Yes. Now, I was going to say, if I... If you could specifically isolate the uh, gene for violence, I mean, what would be so wrong with that? I mean, human society not having violence, what would be so bad about that? I mean, what's so wrong with that? Uh, well, what, what, what's so wrong about it is that with violence would go so many other things. Drive, competitiveness, um, yes, anger. Uh, the stronger emotions would all be siphoned away. No, but I'm saying you'd still have motivation, though, and people would still be motivated. And I'm mean, just just the gene for violence. If you could just get rid of that. Uh, but violence is perhaps the end of the spectrum. But I think to get it, like pulling a tooth, you'd have to get the root, and the root contains many other things that feed it. So okay, well maybe you're right, but I mean I just see I kind of see human evolution as heading away from violence as it is. And maybe just well, in, that, in, in, in that case, area, it would be a normal evolutionary change, and we'll all be flower people eventually, and we won't have to tamper with the gene to get there. Right. Well, then in that way, I think I'd see it as a good thing. 
Well, if it occurred that way, then fine. Uh, thank you. Yeah, if it occurred that way, then that'd be just fine. Hi, Art from Letterman tonight. He was talking about the Unabomber. He said that Governor Pete Wilson from California would like to have him brought to California for trial. Dave said that's a good idea. A high-profile murder case with lots of evidence. <laughs> He'll be playing golf with O.J. in six months. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Tim in San Diego. Hi, Tim. Working at a gas station. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about these freemen and uh, the whole idea of revolting against the government in general. All right. Um, first of all, I'm not. I don't support them, and I think you know they have obviously probably broken the law and deserve to be punished. But you know, as far as revolting from the government, our founding fathers pretty much gave us license to do it if we're ever found ourselves under a tyrannical government. Yes, they did. And, you know, along with that, it's a, it's a pretty much a personal decision or a personal feeling when you decide that it's time to revolt. Yes, it's but... It's something that we can vote on. Yes, Tim, but there is one thing. Um, when it's only one individual or a small group of individuals, then there is going to be no revolt. And those freemen who thought they would have so much support from all over this country, called a big rally, and eight people showed up. <laughs> now, that is not the thing of which revolutions are made. No, no. So I... you are absolutely correct. I mean, if the government ever truly became tyrannical, um, in, in, in a sense that caused enough people to believe it to be so, then yeah. You know, there'd probably be a revolution, but that time obviously is not now, and the issues are not present to cause people to revolt. But even in that case, my point is there's always going to be people that are going to be in support of the government, no matter how tyrannical it becomes, and they're going to call the revolters outlaws and wackos That's and right. all That's the right. things we're hearing now. That's, so, right. That's correct. So it's just a matter, and, and and our founding fathers would have been jailed and and. They would have gone down in history as a bunch of Timothy McVeighs had they lost the, the Revolutionary War. Actually, if you look at those who penned the Declaration of Independence, you'll find that many of them ended up hung, uh, swinging from trees and uh, uh, ruined financially and uh, had their careers and lives destroyed. That's right. That's all very true, but again, uh, I point out to you, that time is not now. Um, and the issues are not present, or else you would see that going on. And I'm very glad, I'm, I'm actually gratified that the American people stood back a little bit on this one and said, now, wait a minute, this is not another Ruby Ridge. This is not another Waco. We have listened, and what we discern is that this is something else. And so the militias and those uh, on the cutting edge of worrying about a tyrannical takeover had the common sense to say, this is not the time. This is not the issue. And these guys are not the martyrs that uh, we might be looking for. And I think that a lot of that was achieved by some of what we did here 
in talking to the people of Montana. All but the very uh, closed minds were able to discern by listening to those calls that this was not what they thought it might be. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. How are you doing? Okay. Um, I want to know, what, uh, what if this is just a big test tube? You ever think about that? Frequently, yes. Um, would you think that uh, it would be when regarded by the scientist, whoever that would be, conducting the experiment, uh, would it be a, uh, a success? I, I don't know, because when you think about it, just like us being here, it, it seems so artificial at times. You know, it's like there's like, I don't know, it's like because if all these cells were, you know, out there and learning to adapt and cells could have learned to adapt on Mars, on Jupiter, mm. or, or anyplace else. And it's just like, I don't know, it's Earth, it feels like it's just a big test tube. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like when I think about us and the dinosaurs, it's like we were brought here and the dinosaurs and stuff were here first and, you know, then we couldn't survive with them because they were bigger. So it's like whoever dropped us off here, like, killed the dinosaurs so we could live. I, I don't know. Just, think of it this way, sir. Okay. Maybe one of these days soon, a great hand will come down and take the earth uh, like a Petri dish and uh, dump it into the lab sink, and uh, down the drain will go. Because it's still too... I mean, it's, yeah, it's big wilderness. I mean, it's big vastness of uh, of space, and, you know, and, and you you know, and you, and you try not to be blasphemous and think... You know, and, and you do want to think that God put us all here, and, mm -hmm. and then you hear the other side that we all evolved from microbes, and and sometimes really kind of none of it makes sense. And uh, and and it's like and it's like there's a, a bigger picture out there, and we just can't see it. Well, that may be so. Do you know what I heard? I heard that when the Unabomber was young. There were many, many very serious uh, family discussions about the meaning of life. And maybe it is not a good thing to too closely consider the meaning of life because we are not to be able to ultimately discern such things. And too much thinking about that subject uh, may cause one to go off in the wrong direction. What do you think about that? That it is something we simply are not to know and probably ought not to think about. I don't believe that. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've got a what if question for you. Okay. What if the Earth was absolutely perfect? Yes. How would people know it was perfect if they didn't have something bad to compare it with? You're absolutely correct. How could you? How can you know good unless you have seen uh, bad? How can you know good unless there has been evil? Yeah. It's true. I don't have an answer. <laughs> and if I keep thinking about it much harder, I'll turn into the Unabomber. <laughs> we wouldn't want that to happen. No, we wouldn't. Thank you very much for the call and the what if. <laughs>
east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, this is Roy from Salt Lake. Hi, Roy. Um, I, I called you a few years ago, and uh, I'm uh, chronically mentally ill, and I didn't know how to answer when you said, referring to the Mensa article about offing, so to speak, uh, the mentally ill to preserve the gene pool. Uh, I didn't know how to answer that, but what I, I have an answer for it, and what I think is that you would, Mensa or whoever would do it, would have to uh, off uh, 30% of the country. That's, that's exactly correct. According to the uh, Psychiatric Association, it is, I believe, one in four at least who are considered to have some degree of mental illness. I remember the discussion of the Mensa article. Yes, I recall that. So there would be a lot of people gone. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. I, what, do you, what is your opinion of the upheaval of like, new information about Roswell? Well, we don't know yet. As you know, uh, the, the piece, uh, the crash piece, uh -huh. um, is being investigated now. They're going to do more detailed testing on it. Did you hear about, I, someone told me about that they're going to release some, some statements more about it. Oh, yes, they were, there indeed is going to be more about it. Have you seen a photograph of the piece yet? No, I, well, the only thing I've seen was some special, and I bought a video called uh, Alien Autopsy or something like that. Oh, well, that's this. Uh, no, that's a totally separate affair. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes, indeed. Uh, since then, uh, somebody walked into the Roswell UFO Museum with an alleged piece of the uh, debris from the debris field. This is a man who, all those years ago, put just one piece of the debris into his pocket. It was held all these years. There are presently tests underway to determine its makeup, which is an odd combination of silver, copper, silver. Now, I've done a little bit of reading about it, and traditionally in this country, when those elements are combined, they are combined in a certain percentage in other words, a certain percentage of silver versus copper. And there are now tests being done to determine if these are terrestrial percentages. In other words, the actual materials are thought to be common throughout the universe. If you believe in the Big Bang Theory, then planets and suns and stuff, as Carl Sagan would say, uh, would all be the same, whether you go to the moon or Mars or Jupiter, the same basic um, chemical and mineral makeups would exist everywhere. So it would not be unusual to find the same general materials, but perhaps with a different mix. And that's what they're looking at right now. And east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. How you doing, Art? I'm okay. This is John from Big Lake. Hi, John. Um, actually, what I have is a request. Okay. Um, I was wondering if you could play both of your Bigfoot yells so I could get them on tape. Oh. Well, I only usually do that when we have a Bigfoot story to go with it. Now, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a Bigfoot guy on. Uh-huh. That will be probably when I will do it. I see. In a couple of weeks, huh? Well, yeah, we've got to ration these. Uh-huh. 
Is it going to be on a Dreamland? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, well, I'll have to try and get it that time. I tried to get it on your uh, last guy you had on Dreamland, but didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks, Art. All right, thank you, sir. I had somebody uh, do something very interesting, and I've got the file. He... It's another example of people having too much time on their hands, but he took the Bigfoot yell, got a good recording of it, and did a digital enhancement of it, taking random noises out. And it was even, if anything, worse than the original. I should, I should get that and play it for you. The digitally enhanced Bigfoot scream. It's really awful. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. Hello, sir. Is Matt from Idaho again? Yes. Yeah, I'd like to say hello to Stacy in Texas. <laughs> 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 Sounded like a cute gal. Anyway, um, as far as the Unabomber question, yes. um, of course there's going to be book deals, and I also hear there's already a miniseries, a uh, four-hour miniseries. You've got to be in, kidding. In planning. Well, why not? Just... Well, of course. Why, I mean, not, what... why not just a full series, you know, showing the FBI getting close Closing in as they do in these series, the Unabomber just barely just escaping. It could be a full 17-year run. My question is, uh, who would play the Unabomber as far as in the uh, in the college setting and in his hermit days? Who do you think would make a good Unabomber? Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Okay, I was kind of thinking maybe somebody like. And uh, if you look at the FBI's photograph of the yeah. Unabomber, yeah, it even looks. A little like Charles Bronson. It does. There's a, I was thinking Christian Slater. They already have an FBI guy. Simon and Schuster apparently is have um, retained uh, one of the big FBI Boy, I'll tell guys you. on the case. To uh, apparently, a book's going to be out real fast, probably within a month or two. Well, awful as it sounds to imagine, I thought the facts that I just got said it all. What if you went 200 years into the future and you picked up a history book and there was the Unabomber um, depicted as a hero? Right. I, you know, I've, I've been thinking the same thing. Maybe uh, you know, a couple hundred years back, maybe the Unabomber would be looked on as some sort of a uh, John the Baptist or Messiah or something. You know, a voice crying in the wilderness yep. type thing. You know? And the future world, like I said, would be called Shanty World. Hmm. <laughs> i got to run. Thank you. You take care. Shanty World. How's that sound? In the desert. Be hot out here. Midnight at the oasis. No air conditioning, right? Send your camel to bed. Not even a fan. Shadows painting our faces. Traces the romance in our Out here we need our electricity. Heaven's holding a hand. Shining just for us. Happy birthday, Bryn. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996.
You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 5th, 1996. Remember, the werewolves are out tonight. got a fax here saying several Oregonians have already been ingested and werewolves are staggering and falling. Indigestible Oregonians. Figures. At the bottom of the fax, he says, what's it like to be a stripper? I should have asked. He says, cold, I'll bet. Anyway, welcome back to Shanty World. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. That ought to get your blood going. Back to the phones we go, and east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Happy. Um, listen, I want to tell you something about. I heard about North Korea, but first, uh, Ron Brown and his entourage met up with an untimely death, and I hope we are all prepared if we have to meet God with, you it's know, meet called, up. It's with called. It's called. It's called. Live every day as if it were your last. I think so too. Um, anyway, I just heard on uh, the uh, BBC thing, uh, 100 North Koreans moved into the uh, demilitarized zone. And uh, so South Korea's on alert. What do you think about this? All right, now listen off the air. All right. I think that it could be... that it could be a war. I mean, in worse, at worst case, it could be a war. Now, why would North Korea move people into the DMZ? Why was the DMZ established in the first place? The war actually never ended, you know. The demilitarized zone is a strip of land between the two countries, specifically demilitarized to prevent clashes. So, obviously, if they have occupied the DMZ, it's something that could lead to war. Or it could just be something to um, heighten tensions it could turn out to be something or nothing. I don't know. What do I think it means? It could mean trouble. And we've just got to all watch it very carefully. So I, I don't have an answer for you beyond that. How are we going to regard it? Probably with great concern. I mean, that DMZ has existed to keep the two forces apart for a long time. Without it, the probability of conflict... Uh, Resuming is great. That's your answer. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Bruce. I mean, I mean, um. Yes, this is Bruce. No, I mean, um, Art? Yes. Let me turn off my radio. It's all right. Um, um, I have a what if for you? What if what? Um, what if, um, you know that guy who crashed in the, on the airplane in um, Bosnia? Ron Brown. Yeah. What if, um, what if he was like, uh, I mean, I've been waiting so long. I forgot. Uh, let me see. What if? Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Let me let me ask you the question, and I'll go back to that. You know um, Tom Ickes? 
I've heard of him. Um, I'm a fan of both of you, and why are you two um, not like each other very much? I have nothing against Tom. Uh, Tom takes, uh, if you're a l listener to Tom, you know he takes shots at me all the time. Yeah, well, yeah, I've heard him. So why don't you ask him that question? Okay. Um, See what he says. Yeah. Uh, I tried eating me on you. I'm not sure if you got it or not. Um, let me see if I can get back to my what if. Um, oh, yeah, what if um, the president, you, have you seen um, Clear and Present Danger? Yes. What if um, the president does something like that? Well, then I guess the militias would get very upset. I've got even a better what if for you. There are several organizations that would like added to the present anti-terrorism bill a provision that would be anti-militia you want a good what if I'll give you one what if the government uh, passed somehow an anti-militia bill well within the realm of possibility then you'd really have something to fight about wouldn't you there are several organizations, in case you didn't know it, who are lobbying to have an anti-militia provision put in the so-called anti-terrorist bill. What do you think would happen if such a thing was passed and signed by the president? There's a what-if for you. Think about that one a little bit. First time caller line, you're on the air. Bert, I can't hardly believe this. Well, you, you can believe it. Brian, first-time caller from Holberg up here in beautiful British Columbia. Well, welcome to the program. And my wife's going to kill me for making a long-distance call. but no. <laughs> um, Holberg is the north end of Vancouver Island, uh, about 300 miles north of Victoria. Wow. Um, northernmost community, in fact. And right now we've got a hurricane-force winds whipping through here. <laughs> really? Uh, must be a big uh, north, 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 northern wind coming on down. Gulf of Alaska. Yeah. Well, I think I know a little bit about what makes you tick. You do. Well, when I was a teenager back in the 60s, I used to tinker with electronics, <laughs> radio. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so I used to um, really get into it with ham radio operators. And, that, and uh, I used to argue with them about transistors taking over everything, and they, oh, no, power tubes will ever be replaced for the high power end. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Look what's happened. Well, uh, I've resisted myself. I still have tubes. Really? I have, oh, yeah, I have a linear amplifier here with uh, oh. a pair of uh, uh, th uh, three five, uh, th what is it, three five hundreds, I think. Uh, right, but on the... Big iMac, like... uh, old iMac tubes. Sure. Oh, yeah, well, they're neat. I mean, I I, I don't I appreciate it, the, the kind of stuff, but I lost my sight in 66, and uh, so microelectronics and solid-state chips and all that kind of was out of the picture for me, and uh, I gotten into computers but uh, not on internet and i really really enjoy your show uh, a friend of mine bought me a radio and sent it out here uh, in uh, december and i've started tuning in for the first time then and uh, i get you on kex portland on como in seattle and on km let's see knp kpnw kpnw in eugene, um, eugene springfield mm -hmm. and they you know varies the signal jumps around so i pop over to one. But I'll tell you, when I listen to you advertise that Sanjin radio, I go, oh. Yeah, I want one. <laughs> I do. I um, it's got a tape recorder and all But this one we he sent me, I'm not going to kick, it was a $300 gift. It's a Radio Shack. It's got the uh, digital 
but it doesn't have a beat frequency oscillator, so Aww. I can't tune in the sideband. Oh, that's too bad. And, Listen, uh, uh, we, we got a call the other night talking about an immigrant invasion from Canada. What? Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Well, our doctors are going down there because they can make more money. Well, yes, but that isn't what we were talking about. We were oh. talking about how we would identify Canadians. Well, we're different. Uh, you are different. There's no question about it. You're not hard to identify at all. Let me hear you say the word O-U-T. Out. Come I on. I can say American. I can say out. Uh, there you go. Huh? See? Or you can say... Um, you might be able to get away with it then if you could watch it very carefully. But generally, if you make a Canadian say out, they say oot, and then they're oot. <laughs> so it would be, it'd be very simple. We just... Well, it depends, too, on whether you're Canadians from Newfoundland, from Quebec, or from ah. British Columbia, because <laughs> a lot of true. people from British Columbia sound like people from Oregon <laughs> or, or Washington. Like, that, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's like for me instead of for me. It's like listening to Americans. Like, you get somebody talking a newscaster, and he sounds like a Canadian. But then you get somebody from Louisiana or Kentucky phone in, they got the accent, and then somebody from California phones, and they may or may not have a different accent. It's the same in Canada. You get I, I, I do have one question, actually, for you. Shoot. Um, we have been, at various times, making some inroads into getting the show there up in Canada. A lot of Canadians would like to see it on the air up there. But Canadian broadcasters are really nervous about it. It's kind of like... They want Canadian product on the air, and they're afraid of American product, and they're afraid that American radio wouldn't go well there. This, despite the fact that we were on the air on um, a big Canadian station yep. and, and had a great deal. I mean, the ratings were just astronomical. Oh, and, I can believe it. With and, the stuff you have on, there's nothing up here like it. And, yeah, that's all government bureaucratic crap, and a lot of people that are... It's not so much the broadcasters. I think they'd carry anything that would sell. It's the CRTC gets their fingers in the pie. It's yeah. not even an elected body. It's all appointed. Typical, just like a lot of the crap that goes on in American politics. And they've got to control everything, right? And I'll tell you, I've got a friend down here. He's a logger. He's making big bucks. He bought himself a complete digital system with a satellite, 200 channels. He can get anything he wants from the digital direct satellite. Yeah, a lot of Canadians are doing that. And bypassing the CRTC with, like, stick it up, you know. No, I but now. All right. All right, sir. I, I appreciate the sentiment and understand where you were headed there. A lot of Canadians are doing exactly that. And the CRTC in Canada is, it, it would make the um, uh, the FCC look like a totally deregulated body. I mean, they have a lot of regulation up there. And a lot of the broadcasters live somewhat in fear of the CRTC, and while they uh, certainly can put American broadcasting on up there, they sort of live in fear of that. So uh, you, you want to see a government with a lot of regulation, look up to Canada, talk to Canadian broadcasters, and, boy, I'll tell you, they'll, they'll tell you some stories. We'll be right back. to the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. You are propagandists for the government. You, um, 
you pound on the Aryan movement. You have invited to your show. Wait, wait now, slowly now. Uh, I, I'm a propagandist for the government. I yes. got that. And then something about the Aryans. What about them? You pound on the Aryan movement. You have invited to your show an enemy of the white people. You're saying I pound on the Aryan yes. movement? Yes, yes. I you do. attack them it's all true. the time. I do, yes. Yes. You have invited to your show an enemy of the white people, Louis Farrakhan. You are willing to invite a communist, an anti-white scam, Maurice Dees. You espouse the philosophy of racial egalitarianism. You are for race mixing and... Well, yeah, but you know what, though? You know what? I would even have on a white Aryan. Why don't you have? Show something. Well, I, would, something I, I, I would do that. I, I'll have all kinds of people so on the program. That. Why don't you invite the great American hero, David Duke? David Duke? Yes. So can you think you can get his number and get him to come on the show? He would, absolutely. I'm sure. Would, would that make you happy? Absolutely. I'm, I would be ex exhilarated. I'm just waiting for that. Exhilarated? Yes. David Duke, William Pierce. How about, somebody, how about somebody actually from, I mean, he's only a former Ku Klux Klan guy. Why not get a current Ku Klux Klan Grand Dragon? Why not? Absolutely, yes. Excellent idea. But uh, um, uh, David Duke is more popular, so I, I mention him. How about a Nazi? Uh, maybe not in the moment. Uh, if the why not? Crisis why not? What's the matter? A good Nazi? Uh, why because not? the crisis is not as big as to uh, warrant that. Now, you just need... Uh, uh, racial patriots such as uh, just David Duke, the great American hero, defender of civilization. Maybe if he gets free on bail, even the Unabomber. Uh, I don't know why do you you want to invite him. I don't know what he has to do with the Aryan movement. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I'm just reaching out and telling you I'll have anybody on. And, and that's uh, very sad to hear because you are willing to invite... You invited well, now, why are, why, are, why are you sad to hear it when I would have people that you would like on, too? Because Louis Farrakhan is enemy of the white people. David Duke is a racial patriot. He's a big uh, defender of civilization, a big patriot. How about if we have them both on together? Uh, I am against that, but if you want to do that, why? that's you. That way you'd hear both points of view, uh, David Duke and Louis Farrakhan. Now, would that make a program or what? First time caller line here on the air. Hello. Well, hello. Hi. This must be art. It must be. <laughs> uh, my name's Marilyn. I'm from Algona, Washington. Hi and there. I've been listening to you for a while now. Well, good. And I love your show. Thank you. I do, too. And uh, I was listening to this um, thing about taking aggressive tendencies out of human beings. Yes. We already have that ability. Pulling them like a bad tooth. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's kind of a temporary thing, and it's a, a voluntary-type situation. But I do a lot of reading, and I um, was reading when, in one place where that if you um, take the meat out of your diet, yes. that it makes you less aggressive. You know what I think's happened to us all? What? We got our wisdom teeth pulled. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like comets. Claws, huh? <laughs> yeah, kind of like Comet's claws. <laughs> I should have had, had his teeth blunted at the same time. <laughs> but I tried this. I tried it on myself, and it worked. You mean when, what actually happened when you stopped eating meat? Um, I just was more calm. Mellowed, um, mellowed out, became lethargic. I just was a lot more. Um, I was just less aggressive. I mean, if somebody uh, crossed my path, I said fine. 
you know. Somebody bumps into the back of your car. Hey. Otherwise, if you want to be a cool. jerk, be a jerk. You yeah, know. That's right. I'm, I've got other things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got more, you know, I, I picked my fights. Let's put it that way. More carefully. <laughs> I, I more carefully considered what was worth fighting about. Let's put it that way. And uh, I, I was just much more peaceful about about my life and everything. So it was just the vegetable in you. <laughs> all right, listen, th- thank you very much for the call. Yes, I think uh, we've all had our wisdom teeth yanked, right? That was the big mistake. With it went the wisdom of caution and calm. Now we're all vicious. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. How are you today? I'm okay. Hey, this is Diana from Anchorage calling. Yes. And what I'm calling about is a couple nights ago on the news, there was a little piece, and I haven't seen anything more about it, about the Shroud of Turin. Yes. Did you hear anything about that? Well, I've seen many stories about it. Is there something new? Yes, there is. This is a, a scientist in France named Jean-Baptiste Renault mm-hmm. has been studying the Shroud, and yes. he believes that the image on the Shroud was caused by radiation from a nuclear explosion. And he said that he believed that it's no older than the 14th century. That's not good news. But my question is, why was there a nuclear explosion in the 14th century? century? It's a very good question. (laughs) Maybe it was caused by the close passage of a comet. Hey, that's it. We'll have to check and see if maybe Haley's passed back there. It was a stab in the dark. Thank you very much for the call. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Turn turn your radio off. Okay. Uh, Art Bell? Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm okay. Where are you? Uh, I'm calling from Columbia, South Carolina. All right. Uh, did uh, any of the listeners out there happen to uh, watch the Oprah show yesterday? Uh, Oprah? No. I Well, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I've seen something on there that I've never seen in my life. What? They had a young girl on there. I think she was about 10 or 11 years old. Right. And she had two heads. No, they didn't. They did. She they was on there with her parents. Not. She had two heads. Could Literally, they... she had two heads. I don't believe you. Uh, well, I've been listening to you since about 2 o'clock this morning. All right, right all right. Could both heads speak? Yes, both heads could speak. And uh, the head on the right controlled the right side of the body. Yeah. And the head on the left controlled the left side of the body. And what amazed me was that... Uh, uh, the head wasn't deformed in any kind of way or nothing. You know, nice-looking young girl. And the father and mother was there, and they showed videotapes of when they were born and when they were, like, two years old playing outside and, and everything. And Do the heads independently think? Yes. 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 And they were... Really? I mean, you, you, you swear on the Bible, on the TV guide of daytime television, this is true? I do. And I am a religious person, and that's why I was so amazed. Would you, would you think that there would be two souls involved? Uh, yes, I would, because uh, you have two, two uh, different minds there, you know. If you married this girl, would it be a crime? I mean, these girls? <laughs> uh, well, they probably would have to agree on the person that they would marry. I would certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, but that's fascinating to see that, though. And then, then too, if there was a divorce as a result of that marriage, would she get two thirds? Uh, uh, well, would that's would, food for would th- they get two thirds? <laughs> well, that's food for thought. 
<laughs> the whole thing is, I never heard of a two-headed girl before. I, that's remarkable. Like that's why I called in because I said, well, I I, I didn't hear anybody call in, you know, that seen it. Well, they should have. You know, so I said, well, let me call in and and throw this out there. We and could have talked about this half the night. A two-headed, holy. That's God. why I hate because like you can ready to go up the air pretty soon, right? I'm actually I'm going off the air now. I mean, it's it's like I'm totally out of time. So from oh. South Carolina, you're going to get the honors tonight. <laughs> you know what to do. No. You don't? No. Do you know how to say, good night, America? Oh, good night, America, and God bless everyone. <laughs> Two heads, huh? Good night, America.